Welcome to Nimmin Live, the number one place on the internet to learn about YouTube, network with other content creators, and have an awesome time doing it. My name is Nick, and today I'm answering your YouTube questions. So if you have a question about what it is you're doing on YouTube, there is a form down in the description of this stream right now where you can go ahead and get your questions in there and uh, we will get them answered on the stream today. So make sure that you go ahead and get it down into the form. Looks like I'm having a problem with one of my cameras. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to whip this puppy off and turn it back on here on the fly. See if, uh, see if we can get this thing working. What do you mean the battery pack? Oh, I didn't plug the thing in. All right, we're going single camera today. Hope everybody's having a fantastic week. Hope that you are excited to learn something today about YouTube or maybe something else. I mean, who knows what we're gonna be talking about today, but first I do, you say the audio is off. Chantel, the audio is off? It's, it's actually coming through fine um, over on this side. So just confirm here. Okay, retracted. Okay, good. All right, <laughs> threw me for a loop there. So, so we're off to a rocky start. We got a camera going down. I thought my audio was off, but hey, we're still going. Hope everybody had a fantastic week today. Hope that you are ready to learn a ton of stuff about YouTube, or at least some stuff. Or hopefully, you can walk away with something that you didn't know before this stream started today. So. If this is your first time here, what we are doing is we are answering YouTube questions. Um, I might do some other stuff later in the stream today as well, depending on how things go. Um, so we'll see how all of that stuff you know, turns out. But I do wanna talk and add some clarity, talk about and add some clarity to the news segment that I made yesterday, uh, because you know some people are um, a little bit worried about the information that was shared in that particular news segment about YouTube search and YouTube putting textual information inside of YouTube search, but we're gonna talk about that here in a second. But first, I do wanna let you know that this stream is brought to you by TubeBuddy, which is the number one tool for YouTube content creators. It'll help you optimize your videos for discovery. It helps you test your thumbnails to make sure that the thumbnails that you're making are a fantastic fit for the people that you're trying to reach. In other words, making sure that the thumbnails you're making are effective. And how it works is it actually lets you compare thumbnails. So you have your main thumbnail and then you can upload a second thumbnail and then it swaps them back and forth. And then it'll give you data based on how people respond to them in different places on YouTube. So, you know, depending on what it is that you're currently doing with your thumbnails, that tool by itself can be a game changer. But TubeBuddy has 90 other tools there are 89 other tools that you can use to help you grow and manage your YouTube channel. You can try TubeBuddy for free through the link down in the description or Chantel just put one right here in the um, chat as well. Thank you for doing that. And this stream is co-sponsored by StreamYard, which is the live streaming platform that I use to stream this every single Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern. So if you are watching this on the replay, make sure you swing by next Saturday if you have the time. If not, we've got timestamps down in the description. But the reason I use StreamYard is because it's easy, right? Like they do all the heavy lifting for me in the cloud. So I don't have to put any weight on my computer in terms of taking up processing power and all of that. Um, it makes it easy to bring on guests. As you can see, the quality of the image that you can get out of StreamYard yard is fantastic. You can add graphics to the screen like I'm showing, you know, right here and all kinds of very helpful and useful things. But if you are already a StreamYard user or if you are a podcaster, um, StreamYard just put out something that is extremely 
helpful if you are somebody that cares about quality. So what they did is they have now enabled something called local recording. And what it is, is let's say that you and I were on a live stream or we are on a podcast of some kind where we were, you know, talking about something and you would essentially have it recorded in your browser on your end, the entire conversation, audio and or video. And it would also be recorded on the host end or your end. And then you can download both of those from inside of StreamYard once everything is complete. So it raises the quality of the of the streams that you get to put out and the audio quality that you're getting from your podcast and all of that. But you can try StreamYard down in the description below, or you can just go to StreamYard.com. So, man. It's been a um, it's been a, a fun week. So um, let's see here. This week we put out some um, information about the, uh, I I, I, made, I put out a video yesterday about YouTube polluting the search field. So here's what's going on, and I just want to add some clarity to this really quick. So just because you know the comments, some people were kind of um, you know worried uh, based on that particular video. So I just want to make sure that you do have the option to watch that because there are, there is other YouTube information in there as well. But the thing that I want to just let you know is that when it comes to YouTube search, if you are a search-based channel, this, the information that I mentioned yesterday in terms of YouTube putting Google websites, like textual results inside of Google or YouTube search, that isn't necessarily going to like just destroy everything about YouTube search, but it is going to take away some activity from your archive, right? So if people typically respond to search or textual results better in the search results, then if we have content there, then you know we might lose out to text in that situation. So on your side, if you do have a searched-based YouTube channel, what you want to make sure that you do is you want to make sure that before you are or while you're doing your research on your channel and the topics or the phrases that you're trying to you know get your videos to show up for you want to make sure that you are also looking to see if there are text results there because if there's text results there that's just one more layer of complexity and then from there based on your video the type of content and exactly what it is that you're trying to target you may or may not want to target that term when you are you know going after YouTube search. Now we do this the same way in reverse. So if you are somebody that makes search-based content, you should already be doing the same exact thing on Google because your videos can show up in Google search as well, which can then bring attention to your YouTube videos. So it goes in both directions, but just make sure that you are doing your homework when it comes to your research for the search terms or the search phrases that you're targeting, just to make sure that you are you know, good to go and that you are going for high volume, low competition keywords and keyword phrases for those of you that are going after YouTube search. So I just wanted to make sure to add that clarity there and just kind of, you know, release some of the panic that people are saying, because some people are in the comments over there and they're like, oh my gosh, like all of my, all of my traffic is coming from search. This is going to be like, you know, curtains for me. And that's not the case at all. It's just some of the, you know, terms that you might be going for. And if you are just joining us, what we're doing is we're talking about all things related to YouTube. So if you are somebody that has questions about, you know, anything related to you as a content creator, feel free to drop those questions in the form that we have down in the description of this stream right now. Um, and I'm also going to play with the Q&A feature that YouTube has for the live streams. I'm gonna play with that here um, a little bit later as well once we uh, get everything moving here in the stream today. And for some reason, also having an issue with my display here. Let me get it, there we go. 
looks nice and pretty there. There we go. Okay. So really quick. Super chat. Laughs, Gaga, and Gossip says, can you talk about reuse? I got demonetized and trying to figure out which videos I need to modify. So what reuse is, is when you are taking content that has already been used elsewhere. Um, so if you, I see you have, you know, oh, you have gags, Never mind. So if Gossip, if you're doing like celebrity gossip, for example, and there's a bunch of channels using the same clips, or if you're taking clips from somewhere else and you are just kind of repackaging them up and then putting them on YouTube, or that content is just all over YouTube and other ways, then that can, you know, that can land you, land you um, with having to deal with fair use um, and not getting your videos monetized. The same exact thing happens with some cash cow channels. And what a cash cow channel is, is they're just like fully automated YouTube channels. They're not really automated, but what it is, is you actually hire people to do all of the things related to your channel. And then, you know, you do all the strategy stuff and all of that. But one of the things that can happen there as well is you'll see tons of videos, especially you guys, because you're watching videos on, you know, how to do things about YouTube. You're going to see tons of videos where people are like, oh, uh, you know, uh, you know, just go, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll look at social blade and they'll be like, you know, Hey, look at this, you know, meditation channel. This meditation channel is making like, you know, X amount of dollars per month. And all you have to do is go to YouTube search, search by creative commons, download videos, re-upload those videos to YouTube. And then when you do that, then you're going to be able to make similar amounts of money. So automated YouTube channels are a thing and they can work. However, that particular method of just going and stealing videos off of YouTube and then reusing them, um, that will land you demonetized or not being able to qualify for monetization, depending on how it is that you're actually doing the thing. So that's probably what you're dealing with right now. If you are using either, you know, uploading the same videos over and over again, or if you're using content that you did not make, um, you know, from the ground up or that isn't original content. So that's what's going on. Uh, that's what's going on there. So um, iPhone Chris, what's going on, man? Speak to existence. Nice to see you in here. Um, creations by God. Nice to see you here as well. Um, so when it comes to like Pexels and Pexabay, um, the the thing there with them is that's just like you know just like still images. What I'm talking about is like sequences of content. So for example, if you were using their images, but then you put them in the same exact sequence as like you know 20 other people, um, or you did those same sequences all the time on your channel, then you might run into that particular problem. So uh, let's see here. So next up on the list here, let's go ahead and just say what's up to some folks. Matt, what's going on, man? Hope that you're doing awesome. KMH family, nice to see you in here. Chantel, hope that you are doing fantastic. Tube Spanner in the house, hope that you are doing awesome. Danielle, Cottonwood Ranch, nice to see you here. So look, guys, I need your help with something. So um, first, let me, um, a, a super chat super also chat. came in from Tube Spanner here, says, I watched a video tutorial about riding an electric plug. Um, what happened next will shock you. Got it. <laughs> always going for the puns, always going for the puns. So um, uh, one thing that I am going to start doing, and for those of you that could really help me out, like if I've ever helped you out in any way with you know the information that I share here, if you could just do me a quick solid, um, you can do it during this live stream um, or you can do it after. So I'm trying to start live streaming 
also, when I do it here on YouTube, I'm going to start um, multicasting vertically out to Instagram and TikTok. But right now, because I only have one video on TikTok, um, I only have like 300 and something followers over there. If you could do me a huge favor and if you could follow my TikTok account, I've got a link to it at the very top of the description, or you can just go to TikTok and look for my name and I'll pop up there. If you could follow me over there, it'd give me just like a, a super, it would be like a super solid that I would really appreciate um, just so that I can start multicasting over there to reach. YouTubers that might be happening to, you know, watch TikTok that could also use this information. So if you could do that, I would really appreciate it. And thank you so much for those of you that do. Um, if you have a TikTok account, if you don't have a TikTok account, don't even worry about it. Um, but if you do have a TikTok account, that would be, um, that would be awesome and super appreciated to help me be able to do that uh, quickly. So what we're gonna do is we're going to go ahead and get into the questions today. Again, if you're just joining us, there's a form down in the description um, where you can put the questions that you have about what it is that you're doing on YouTube. And as we go through the stream today, I'm gonna be pulling questions out of there. And I'm also going to hop into YouTube's Q&A tool so that everybody here can see that in action. We can experiment with it a little bit. And it's a YouTube feature, right? So it might be super cool. We used it a little bit last live stream as well, just as like a quick peek. Um, but you know, I wanna, I wanna get familiar with using it a little bit more so because of that we'll also having we'll also be having like little segments of uh, Q&A types of things um, as well so the very first question that we have here is from uh, One Step. One Step uploads content every other day, and the type of content or the type of channel that they have is fighting games. The goal of their channel is to turn their skills and passion into a fun and rewarding career. And the question is, my dude, what's up? Good morning. Good morning, um, or good evening. Says, um, how do I get my hands on, or should I say ears, on that everybody's clapping for you song? <laughs> nice. Says, um, haha, but on a real note, I do fighting games, tutorials, plays, guides, and more, um, but I'm wanting to dabble in other types of content that's within my realm of content, but might not necessarily be fighting games. How do you recommend making a small shift like that? Not quitting fighting games, but putting out other content. I ask if I tried, and of course it doesn't do well, and if it can be discouraged to see lower discouraging to see lower metrics than what you're used to. Thanks, my dude. Everybody's cl 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 clapping for you. <laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. So uh, when it comes to this scenario, what they are talking about um, is how many, how many gamers do we have in here right now? If you're a gamer, just say me, because this is probably something that you're relating to also to where, you know, you're like, you're playing one game and you're like, man, you know, I love playing this game, but I would really like to play some other games as well. If that's you, um, just, you know, just say me in the chat. But um, when it comes to this sort of thing, the best thing that you can do is now that YouTube's um, requirements for the community tab are much lower. One of the things that you can do is you can use your community tab to start polling your community to see what games they would also like to see from you. And then when you ask them like, hey, you know, what other games would you like to see me play? Make sure that you're posting the games that you also would enjoy playing, right? So you could have, you know, for example, let's say that you're currently doing fighting games. You could say like, hey, um, do you want to watch me play like Need for Speed? Do you want to watch me play, you know, Grand Theft Auto? Do you want to watch me play Fortnite um, or other? And then if you do other, just say, you know, let me know in the comments. And then what you do is you start collecting that information and then you'll start to notice the, the other games that your audience is the most interested in. And then just do some experimenting there and start, you know, playing those from time to time. Still focusing mainly on the fighting games, but then dropping those in from time to time to see how people respond to them because they're giving you that direct feedback and then start dropping those games in 
and see how people respond to them. Because, you know, like when you are putting out those community posts and you are gathering information from them, some of the information that you're getting there, you know, you have to remember that it is biased to the people that are seeing your community posts and the people that choose to interact with your community posts and all that. But those are typically the most engaged people. <laughs> so because of that, um, using your community posts to better uncover or just to ask your community the other types of content that they want from you can be really helpful to just kind of help you, you know, kind of, um, you know, be able to expand out in a little bit more of a uh, you know comfortable way for lack of a better way to super say it i find chris thanks for the super chat man i appreciate it hope that you're doing awesome today so the next question that we have oh and in terms of that song um yeah we'll probably put it up online somewhere um you know like i need to like edit it down make it sound a little bit better stuff like that but um but i'll probably put it up online somewhere eventually for people to do or i might just hoard it and just keep it for myself for for this live stream i'm not sure <laughs> uh watermetal124 is our next question here on the list they do gaming shorts and the goal of the channel is to reach a thousand subscribers and four thousand hours of watch time so just as a heads up if you're only doing youtube shorts then in that particular case you're going to need more than just that you're going to need 10 million views on your youtube shorts within 90 days so just as a heads up there on that but if you're mixing them up then of course you can do either or um, but the question is says hey nick i just passed 100 subscribers is there a 10 million shorts view goal in youtube studio monetization tab um, at this moment in time i haven't seen it in there um, that doesn't mean that they won't put it in there soon or even that it's not or even that it might be available on some accounts because they're just flooding the platform with awesome features right now and new stuff so um as of right now um there isn't that but they're you know they they might have something like that pop up soon so um eclectic bazaar says that they do let's see here eclectic bazaar says that they do collectible investing and the goal of the channel is that they enjoy it and they want to eventually go full-time and the question is do you think vtubers have a future on youtube with storytelling style content or would i be better off showing myself to the world this all comes down to what it is that you want to do so some people are super protective of their own privacy and all of that stuff and because of that they just do not want to put themselves on camera and that's perfectly okay um, some people they are okay with putting themselves on camera in terms of privacy, but maybe they have other reasons that they don't wanna be on camera. Maybe they haven't figured out how to make everything like look right yet or something like that. So because of that, you know, maybe they won't wanna be on camera yet. So, you know, that's a pretty intimate choice making that call and if you wanna be on camera or not. But one thing that I can tell you is that, you know, when you do hop on camera, um, it does give you that opportunity for people to get to, you know, know and like you, which adds one more layer to what it is that you're doing. So you have the value that you're putting out through the content, but then you also have people that will, you know, start to get to know and like you just based on your personality because you're actually putting yourself in the content itself. So just something to consider there. Canadian Watch Monkey, super thank chat. you for the super chat. Says, um, thanks Nick for all the advice. A thousand subs and growing. High five and fist bump to you for crossing that 1,000 subscriber milestone. Nice work. Love seeing that. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Next up on our list here, we've got... King CMC TV, they do daily content, gaming content, the goal is to get monetized. So really quick, um, because, you know, their goal is to get monetized. Um, you know, the other question was about, you know, going full time, you know, if they can, you know, get everything rolling or once they get everything rolling. And um, one thing that I just want to remind everybody of is um, I didn't do one this week, but I'm going to be doing more of the monetization live streams um, that I did the previous two weeks. So make sure that you do stick around for those because we talk about all 
all kinds of different ways that people can monetize their channels based on you know the particular channels that we pull up so it's random so just make sure that you check out those replays and that you do you know swing by for some of those as well so hopefully we can look at your channel and um and give you some tips on those but the question here says i have two questions one i have vidiq and tubebuddy accounts when i look at my youtube studio notifications it says that i have achieved 5,000 um watch hour times tubebuddy and vidiq um, show that it is 3,320 watch hours. How can I tell which one is correct? Um, second question is what are some good ideas to get more subscribers to my live gaming stream? I only have 336 subscribers. I do upload some short form videos. So if you wanna get more people in your live streams, then schedule your streams in advance. Um, make sure that you're using social media to let people know that you have those streams that are coming up. Um, make sure that you are you know, just letting people know that you have that going on. This is where, even if you have a smaller channel like you currently do, this is where it can be advantageous to go ahead and have like a discord or something like that for the people that are enjoying your content so that when you do start going live you can you know let them know hey i'm gonna be going live on tuesday you know if anybody wants to hang out and those types of things so you can just go ahead and start that ball rolling so to speak on um you know on, on kind of building that that community side of things but another thing when it comes to lives is this live stream is kind of a horrible example of it, but this live stream is intended to, you know, connect with the people that are already watching my videos and, and really a lot of people that are already familiar with the stream anyway. But um, when it comes to your live streams, um, you can take the approach that I did where it's like, you know, YouTubers, let's do this. And then I just have the YouTube icons, like a little chart, you know, thing going on in the background. In that particular case, the whole thing is just helping YouTubers identify that the content is about YouTube, right? And then from there, um, you know, they're going to drop down to the title and they're going to see like, you know, what, what's going on, you know, YouTubers, let's do this. It's not very clear. Some people click on it. Some people are going to be like, what's that? And then they're just going to move on. So what you want to make sure that you're thinking about is when I'm going live, instead of just having it like, you know, Tuesday's live stream or something like that, try to make sure that you are using things in the thumbnail and in the title to help the people that you're trying to reach with your content identify that your content is about something that they care about. So when you schedule that stream, then that gives you the opportunity to, you know, when YouTube's recommending it around for people that are interested in that topic or that game that you're playing to see that that is, you know, about something they're interested in. And then the people that might be interested in that could, you know, hit the reminder to get notified of that stream or reserve the time to show up. Another thing that can be helpful is um, inside of the customization options, you have the option to add a channel trailer. So if you add a channel trailer, you can also just let them know, right? So instead of them seeing a static image, they'll see that channel trailer and they're not channel trailer, but the live stream trailer, just like I had on this one. And um, you, they will be able to get some additional context to what it is that you're gonna be doing in your stream as well. So then there, that's your opportunity to essentially, you know, sell people on the reason it is that, the, or the reasons that they should, you know, come and hang out in your live stream. So I'd make sure that you are considering um, that sort of thing. So um, in terms of YouTube saying that you have certain amount of watch time and the tools saying that you have another um, amount, use YouTube because that's the one that actually matters. So when it comes to those types of things, some of these tools, they all, not some, all of the YouTube tools that give you any type of data whatsoever, um, they all tap into YouTube's API. And with that, um, what happens is sometimes like the information coming through is delayed, you know, those types of things. And because of that, it can end up, you know, just being not the same reflection that you see on YouTube. So because of that, when it comes to like the watch hours, make sure that you are looking inside of your YouTube channel for that information. Dean Emmett in the house. What's up, bro? Hope you're doing awesome. She's back to like 70% already, by the way. 
Um, let's see here. So next up, we've got a lifestyle channel. It is uh, Rita Mommy is, um, is the name of the channel. The goal of the channel is to make money. And the question is, how can I double my views? Start using playlists. Um, if you're not using playlists already, start using playlists, start driving people. Shark Scrapper, what's up, dude? Hope you're doing awesome. Start driving people into uh, your playlist. So basically what you do in that case is, of course, you got to learn how the, the process of getting people to click on your videos or really let me let me reframe that. You got to you got to learn enough about the people that you're trying to reach with your content that you can use the information that you learn about your audience to make content that is more relevant to the things that they care about. Um, and also so that you can better come up with video ideas to serve that audience so you can make your thumbnails in a way that helps that audience identify that your content about something that they care about and so that you can write titles that the people that are interested in that type of content will be compelled to click on. And then from there, of course, once they click on your video, then they have to enjoy the content in order for YouTube to continue showing it to more people. So because of that, what you wanna think about is the whole game with YouTube is learning enough about your audience so that they'll click on your videos so that you can provide, you know, come up with good topics, but so they'll click on your videos so that they'll watch your videos after they click on them and they'll get value out of what it is that you're doing. So they'll want to watch them to the end and they'll want to keep coming back to your videos. If you can, you know, level up on top of that by getting them to click on your end screens and go deeper into your content, that sort of thing, that's a win. But at the end of the day, everything comes down to your ability to come up with good ideas to make content about get the people that you're trying to reach to click on your videos and then give them an awesome experience once they do click on your videos that's it like that's the game so if you can figure out how to do those things keep in mind there's tons of nuance within that but if you can figure out how to do those things for your audience for your type of viewers then then you'll do you'll do great um but even within that even if you already know how to do all that stuff if you're not currently using playlists, making sure that you are intentionally setting up playlists and that you're, instead of making one video and thinking to yourself like, okay, I'm gonna make this one video, thinking of it through the lens of, okay, I'm gonna make this one video, but then I'm also, after that video, I'm gonna make this specific video that's gonna be a great compliment to this one. And then I'm gonna make another video that's gonna be a compliment to these other two, and these other two are also gonna be complimentary to this one as well. And then I'm gonna put those all in a playlist, and I'm gonna be driving viewers back and forth between all of those different videos based on their interest and what it is that they come to me for in terms of my content. So when you use playlists, it makes that whole entire process easier. And YouTube is also prioritizing playlists as well. They have some new features that are popping up um, and you just see them randomly right now, but they have some new things that are popping up where they're putting playlist links right underneath the video. So if you do decide to start using playlists, which you should, then in that case, make sure that you are thinking about your titles from the view of, okay, if somebody's watching one of my videos, they're going to see this title down here. So instead of it saying like, let's say you make, you know, car videos or recipe videos, then in that case, instead of it saying, you know, recipes, it would say, you know, um, you know, easy recipes you can make in under 10 minutes. So then that way, if they're watching one video about re a recipe that they can make in under 10 minutes, then they see that playlist link of, you know, easy recipes you can make under 10 minutes. And that's the title for that playlist. Then you're going to increase the amount of people clicking on that because it's a lot more clear and compelling for them. So if you do those things, everything that I just mentioned right there, um, then you will start getting more views on your videos. What's up, people? This your boy, Viper. What's up, Viper? Viper, man about tech in the house. What's up, dude? Hope that you are doing fantastic. Nice to see you here in the stream today. Hope that you are doing awesome. 
Retro the Emperor says, vibing with the beat that I made while getting YouTube knowledge. Heck yeah, love it, love it. So uh, see here, next up on our list here, we've got Buckeye the Cat. Buckeye the Cat says um, they do entertainment content and pet content. And the goal of the channel is to build a community of animal lovers and brighten people's days. That's cool, good mission. The um, question is, I'm struggling to get watch hours. I'm a cat channel, I can't film five to 10 minute videos, no clue what it would be about. Can't go live, cat may not be entertaining. Maybe try playlists, any advice would be appreciated. Okay, so here's the thing. When it comes to making cat videos, just making videos of your cat, um, it's not enough. Like what you have to do is you have to make sure that you are, um, hey, really quick also, cause I'm not sure if that's the video that Chantel dropped the link to, um, but I made a video on the Tube Spanner channel for those of you that are trying to, you know, get more familiar with playlists and how to use them and all the different features they have and all of that. Um, make sure you can just go Tube Spanner playlists in YouTube search and it should pop up. Um, and if you do that, that particular video is like step-by-step -step on, on how to set up playlists about the hidden features inside of playlists and things to think about when you're putting your playlist together. So make sure you check that out. But when it comes to the cat videos, you know, and I'm just gonna be straight up with you here because I wouldn't be, you know, helping you out if I wasn't. Um, so when it comes to making videos for YouTube, um, yes, you will see videos like YouTube shorts, for example, where they just, you know, they'll just like follow a cat around and the cat will do something interesting. And thanks D, um, where the, you know, you're following the cat around the cats, you know, doing something interesting and people, you know, will watch it and that short will get a lot of views on it. Um, however, the, the whole thing is the cat's gotta be doing something like, you know, when you log onto YouTube and people are, um, um, interacting with your content, or let's say you are interacting with somebody else's content, then if the content's not entertaining to you in some way, or there's nothing actually happening in the content, it's just somebody like showing something, but there's nothing really like no really, you know, real reason to put it together. Then in that case, you're going to end up leaving that video because you're not getting anything from it. So what you have to think about when you're uploading videos to YouTube, and it doesn't matter if it's a YouTube short, if it's a long form video, and even doing live streams, you got to make sure that you're thinking about People are coming onto YouTube to be entertained, to learn something, to get motivated, you know, all the different reasons that people come onto YouTube. And you have to be able to make content that people enjoy, right? So when you see cat videos on YouTube and it's of cats doing like crazy things or, you know, something like that, or cats being super cute, that kind of stuff, with those in that situation, you know, people are still getting value out of those because of the specific things that the cats are doing. But if it's just somebody, you know, kind of filming a cat that's just sitting there and there's nothing really, you know, going on with that cat, then it's not gonna be something worthy of watching, so to speak. So because of that, you gotta make sure that you're just thinking when you're making your videos of your cat, you gotta think like, okay, well, you know, how, how, how is this or why would this be important to somebody else? Just because a cat is in it isn't enough. Um, I mean, that for some people that would be enough to just click on it, but to click on it and actually continue watching it, like there, there's gotta be something going on. Right, because you're you're making content for other people when you're on YouTube. Like if you if if we make videos that you know that that are just like, hey, let me just you know sh make a video of this plant over here. Um, then in that case, that would be a video that I would just watch for myself to remember that plant. Right? I don't know why I would remember the plant, but you get what I'm saying there. So what you got to think about is you know when people are coming on to YouTube, I'm making content for other people to watch. So if I wanna have a successful YouTube channel, I have to make sure that I'm making content that other people will want to watch because fill in the blank.
right? So when you're making your videos, you got to make sure that you're just kind of running through that thought process of like, okay, so I'm making these videos about my cat, but but what about the things that my cat is doing and about these videos that I'm making, you know, would matter to somebody else or would be entertaining to somebody else? Because it's easy to make videos, right? Like anybody can just walk down the street and make a video of anything, but making videos for other people is like a whole other thing. Right. So a lot of people get connected, just a quick rant here. Like a lot of people get connected to this idea of just like being able to make a video about anything they want or just about anything and just upload it to YouTube and hoping that, you know, that it just goes, you know, to the moon, so to speak. But in reality, if you want to have a long term sustainable YouTube channel, like you have to be thinking, I'm making videos for other people to watch, to entertain other people or to, you know, teach them stuff or to get them motivated or to make them laugh or whatever the thing is. So because of that, I have to learn how to do that. And I have to make sure that I'm thinking about that with every video that I publish and the value that people get out of the content for every video. So next up on our list here, we have uh, Learn Spanish World. Learn Spanish World says they do educational content. The goal of the channel says I want to be my own boss and give value to the platform. And the question is, I accidentally deleted 15 shorts in a long-form video. Not even sure how, but is there a way that I can recover them, or do I simply have to re-upload them all? Um, yeah, so you'll need to re-upload them all, but you might want to try sending a message to uh, YouTube support and seeing if they can help. Um, I'm going to guess that they're going to tell you no, but I mean you know, just, just a quick chat isn't going to hurt anything. So um, in that case, I would just send them a message, let them know what you did, let them know it was a mistake and see if they can help. Um, they're probably, you know, not going to, but wouldn't hurt to send that message. But if they don't, then, you know, just re-uploading that would be the, uh, the thing that you would do. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. Next on the list, we have Frosty Bros. Frosty Bros does Minecraft and gaming videos. The goal of the channel is to make the best videos possible and share my creativity with as many people as I can. And the question is, appreciate all the help that you give small creators. My question is right now, my channel is finally getting more recognition, but my main traffic source is from YouTube search and it's giving me a fair amount of views. Is it going to affect my channel in the long run if I keep using YouTube search as my, way, my main way of growing the channel? This is a great question. So when it comes to... YouTube search, YouTube search is a very consistent um, form of traffic or a very consistent traffic source. Um, it is like a low hanging fruit when it comes to getting views. So depending on the type of content that you make, YouTube search can be a fantastic way to get views, especially if you're a new content creator. Um, in fact, Todd, who is um, responsible for the YouTube homepage and the videos that show up there and the algorithm behind the, the videos that show up on the homepage, um, there's actually a video of him where he says for new content creators, a great way to start letting YouTube know what it is, who the right people are to share your content to um, is by targeting YouTube search with some of your content. So when it comes to YouTube search, it's definitely something that, you know, that you can consider now. When it comes to getting views quickly and growing your channel, you know, fast in that particular case, that's where YouTube recommendations come in because YouTube recommendations are where a majority of the viewership is on YouTube. And what that means is when people log onto YouTube, YouTube is recommending your videos to them, either on the homepage in the, um, you know, suggested next to other videos in the subscription tab, um, maybe in the explore tab, you know, those types of things. So how that work plays out is let's say that you publish a video for YouTube search today 
and you go to sleep and you wake up tomorrow, the likelihood of that having 100,000 views on it just from YouTube search, unless it's something that just has a crazy amount of search volume and nobody knows about it, um, that likelihood is gonna be extremely small. However, when it comes to YouTube recommendations, I mean, it's still gonna be, it's still gonna be hard. Like your video has to be like on fire um, for you to, you know, get this, you know, overnight. But the likelihood, and if you have just a great piece of content, the likelihood of it giving getting that 100,000 views or even 10,000 views in YouTube search overnight is gonna be drastically lower than the likelihood of that happening from YouTube recommendations, right? So if you publish a video today, people respond to it at a very high rate. That's how videos end up on trending and you know stuff like that. And that's how you'll see videos just blow up out of nowhere. That all comes from the recommendation system, not YouTube search. So again, YouTube search is great. It's a great way to you know get your foothold, so to speak, and it's also just an easier place to get views because people, you know, like all you have to do is optimize your video around a particular keyword or keyword phrase. And then people are literally looking for your videos. And the only competition you have is the other videos that are showing in YouTube search that you are competing with. So instead of competing with everything on YouTube, you're competing with just the results in YouTube search. So it's a lot easier to get people to click on stuff there too. Um, so you just have to kind of balance out. And when it comes to your content strategy, you have to think to yourself, okay, what videos am I putting out for YouTube search? What videos am I trying to, you know, go more for recommendations and the difference between those two things is massive so for example when it comes to youtube search you got to be compelling so they'll hopefully click on your stuff compared to the other videos there in youtube search but all you have to do is just optimize around the keyword or keyword phrase pretty easy you just you know match it and then you know it it can show up as long as people respond well to it it'll show up there based on just the relevance of how you optimize the video whereas with recommendations, it's a totally different game that you're playing because there you have to be able to get people to respond to your content that aren't looking for it. So those people are just logging onto YouTube to hang out in this live stream or to watch another video or to watch something from, you know, um, from Tommy T's roller coasters. Um, and you know, when they log onto YouTube for that, you're trying to capture their attention, you know, to, to pull them into your video. So because of that, you have to be a lot more compelling. Your thumbnails have to be like super attention grabbing or super focused for the audience that you're trying to reach. The whole video topic in the first place has to be compelling or interesting or at least relevant to the audience that you're trying to reach. Um, there's just a lot more that goes into, you know, that goes into that. Super chat. Tommy T's Extreme Roller Coasters. Thank you for the super chat. It says, hey, Nick, my, peep, uh, my channel is 91% non-subscribers. How can I get more people to subscribe? Um, if you're not asking them, um, when you ask people to subscribe, um, more people do subscribe. Um, in your case, you know, you are getting a positive response on your videos. So because of that, um, I would just add like a little graphic in there that just reminds people to subscribe somewhere in the, in the video. Um, if you can just say it verbally, then in that case, while you are, you know, showing, you know, something else, maybe while it's going, you know, up the hill, for example, and, you know, getting ready for that drop, you could say, hey, you know, just as a, as a heads up, you know, I upload videos like this all the time. So if you're into, you know, um, uh, like virtual roller coasters, make sure you subscribe. And by doing that, what you're doing is you are just reminding people to subscribe because as YouTubers, we're thinking about that all the time, right? We're like subscribe buttons and subscribe buttons. YouTube changes the color of the subscribe button. We're like, oh my gosh, like oh, what's going on, right? So like, you know, we're thinking about that, but people that are not content creators, they're not really thinking about it as much. So because of that, that little nudge can, can go a long way. Um, in addition to that, I would also make sure that it is um, extremely um, clear that you do put out content like that on a regular basis as well um, in either, you know, 
in your videos or if somebody hits your channel page, something like that, just making it crystal clear the value that they're getting from what it is that you're doing. Um, and that you put out that type of content on a regular basis is the, you know, is the message that you need to express. Uh, let's see here. Next up on the list. One more thing too that I, that I want to bring to your attention. And this is kind of an elephant in the room that everybody here needs to know about. So when it comes to getting more subscribers, on YouTube, um, having more subscribers is definitely nice. Um, it opens up more features for you. Um, it makes you, you know, appear more attractive to, you know, like brands and stuff like that. There's like some clout that goes along with it. So, you know, that's why people want it. Um, but when it comes to the performance of your videos, if people are just interacting with your content and YouTube deems that session as a positive experience for that viewer, then in that particular case, YouTube's still gonna show them your videos and they're gonna keep showing them your videos until they stop responding to your videos. So people don't have to subscribe in order to have YouTube chase them all over the platform showing them your videos. So just keep that in mind, you know, if you are one of those channels to where your subscriber conversion isn't that high, um, you know, it's more important for them to watch your content and enjoy it than it is for them to hit the uh, subscribe button when it comes to video performance. Now, when it comes to the perks and all that stuff, then of course, you know, getting them to subscribe, you know, is definitely important. And I definitely understand, you know, why you, you know, want that. Cause I want, you know, I want my gold play button. Like I get it. <laughs> so next up on our list here, we got triathlon um, with coach John says that um, they do teaching triathlon content. The goal of the channel is to retire in five years with the steady income from YouTube. Question is, um, let's see here. The video is getting 500 to a thousand in shorts. Um, QK to 10,000 um, planning daily. I think that's supposed to be a 1k. Uh, let's see here. Is that by the one button? Yeah, it is. So either one or 2K to 10,000. Planning daily shorts on Christmas gifts for the niche. Um, links to AM affiliate, uh, Amazon affiliate. Is this a good strategy for the holidays? So if you are trying to um, like sell stuff, then in that particular case, you know, making shorts about things and making videos about like gift ideas for athletes or, you know, triathletes or something like that. Making, you know, a couple of those videos is definitely a good play for people looking around for, you know, gifts to buy. Um, but I would just do a little bit of keyword research there and make sure that there's enough people looking for that specific of a gift um, that, that it'll be worth making that video for. And if you do find that it is, then in that case, you know, making that, hopefully it'll end up ranking well in YouTube search. So then, every year that might be a winner for you because when it comes to like making review videos about you know like gift videos and stuff like review videos or gift videos in terms of like you know gifts for mother's day gifts for father's day gifts for christmas that kind of stuff um is that those can be kind of tentpole and what that means is that every single year at a scheduled time like clockwork those videos get boosts and views right so um so it can definitely be a, a win there so next up on the list here, we got Poop Scoops for Noobs, and they have a Poop Scoop business. Um, the goal of the channel is to become a brand resource for other scoopers. And the question is, um, hey, Nick, because of your suggestion, I bought a Sony ZV-E10. What resources can I watch to understand how to have a better camera presence and learning to be comfortable in front of the camera while speaking? So nothing is going to um, help you more than practice itself. And I know that's not what you want to hear. I'm, I'm going to give you some resources, but um, 
what you want to hear is just go watch this and then you'll suddenly be better on camera, right? Like that'd be great. But the the thing that you have to make sure that you are thinking about is getting your reps in. So, you know, when people first start making videos and they're first on camera, um, that's why, you know, it can take content creators a while to get the ball rolling because, you know, they're still going through the process of like, you know, how do I present what it is that I'm doing? And how do I, you know, appear comfortable on camera? And how do I make videos without, you know, like being nervous and shaking and having a, a you know, my voice come through straight strong and things like that. So because of that, like practice, right? Practice. And even if you're not making a video, one thing that can be really helpful for you is, and this is a, a good tip for everybody. One thing that can be really helpful is talking out loud in the way that you make your videos and about the things that you make your videos about when you're alone. So let's say that, you know, um, if you like live by yourself, this is super easy because you can do it all the time. Um, if you have people that you live with, then in that case, um, uh, you know, doing it in the car, doing it when nobody's home, you know, like let's say you're taking a shower, you know, whatever, just walking around and communicating like you would do in your videos and talking about, you know, the similar things that you would talk about in your videos. Just doing that is just getting your brain familiar and comfortable with just speaking out loud when you're in a room by yourself and just looking at a camera, right? Um, the next thing to think about, and I'm just gonna give you some tips and then I'm gonna give you a resource here. The next thing to think about when you're trying to communicate better on camera is you also want to make sure that, um, that when you're making video content and when you're doing live streams, it's important too, but you wanna make sure that you're looking right down the middle of the lens as well because it's really easy for people if they have a monitor on top to see, you know, what the camera is seeing, then in that case, you know, being, you know, looking at, you know, on top of it like this, um, and people can see that and it kind of breaks that connection. Um, when you have a viewfinder that flips out from the side, you'll see tons of people when they're making videos, they'll be looking over here, right at their viewfinder, looking over here at their viewfinder. And, you know, it's, it's obvious that they're not looking at the camera they're you know, obsessed with themselves or they're just looking at that just to make sure that their presentation is right, one of the two. So because of that, what you wanna do is you just wanna get really comfortable looking down, you know, right down the middle of the lens of the camera because that's where you know the connection's made. Um, in addition to that, make sure that you are playing with your voice itself. So you wanna communicate in a natural way. Um, but one thing that I do recommend is kinda ramping up everything just a little bit for the sake of the energy that the camera takes away from you. Um, but with that said, I do want you to know that there are plenty of people on YouTube that are just calm and they communicate really slowly and all that and their audiences absolutely love them. So just because you see one content creator, you know, being super animated and being really loud and like screaming at the microphone and things like that, that might work for their audience or for what it is that they're trying to do or how it is that they're presenting themselves, but that doesn't necessarily mean that, that that's what you need to do. So because of that, just kind of get, you know, familiar with, you know, interacting with the camera itself and start thinking of, you know, exactly how it is that you do want to, you know, portray, portray yourself. And of course, because you want to be your authentic self, you want to make sure that, you know, you at the very least just kind of do bring up the volume a little bit if that's the vibe that you're going for. Um, and all of that is you just want to watch videos on projecting your voice and, you know, those types of things that'll be helpful for that. Um, next, is you want to um, you want to go watch a YouTube channel called Charisma on Command. Um, that particular YouTube channel has tons of content about just building your charisma and about body language and about you know just communication in general. So I really recommend that you watch that YouTube channel because it is just it's a goldmine for you know people that do any type of you know speaking. Um, also. 
watch videos on public speaking. But keep in mind, when it comes to public speaking, it's a different game than making videos for YouTube. So with public speaking, they, you know, depending on, you know, what, you know, arena you're operating in or what, you know, type of content you're operating in. Um, when it comes to public speaking, you know, they, in some cases they have very structured things they do. They have, you know, where you'll go stand like right on the edge of the stage. And that's kind of like a dominance type of thing, you know, where you're kind of getting close to the crowd, those sorts of things. Like some of that doesn't really, you know, apply here. So you just want to make sure that you are, when you are watching that type of content, that you are being mindful that, you know, YouTube is a different game than what it is that they're doing, but you can get tons of great tips from watching content on like public speaking as well, um, just in terms of like monitoring yourself and your body language and just things to be mindful of that you might not even be thinking about or notice with yourself or other people when you're watching them. And what's interesting is when you start watching that type of content, you start understanding, you know, some of those things. When you watch other people's YouTube videos, then you'll start noticing like little things that they're doing, um, you know, based on some of the information that you'll be learning. Next up, We've got uh, Retro the Emperor. Sweet, what's up, dude? Says um, they do. Um, they have a channel of them rapping, singing, and making some beats. Um, the goal is they want to make music full time. And the question is, I've I have almost enough watch time to monetize my channel, but my sub count is no way near that yet. I make songs, so I don't think that the right idea is to make a line asking people to subscribe. Please help me. Um, so in that particular case, you can just have one little graphic on the screen. This is what we do on the Creator Mix channel too. Um, just have one little graphic on the screen that just reminds people to subscribe. And um, by doing that, again, you're just spreading that awareness. But keep in mind, in a lot of cases, if people are enjoying your music, or if they're just coming to listen to your music, they might have it open, they might just open it up in a new window, and it might just be sitting, uh, you know, somewhere kind of out of view, or maybe in another tab, and they might not even see that. Right. So because of that, it's all going to be dependent on how they're vibing with your music. I know for me personally, when I am um, interacting with music channels, everything's on the music. Like if I click on something and I'm like, oh man, this is awesome. Then I'll subscribe to the channel. Like just right, right again. Like I don't even have to finish the song. Like it'll, like if the intro is good or that first like minute and a half, I'll be like, oh yeah, this is great. I'm, I'm subscribing to this. Um, but if it doesn't like wow me like that, then in that case, you know, I won't subscribe to the channel because you know, there's a gajillion different channels on YouTube where I can get music. So because of that, just make sure one, that the music and you know, everything it is that you're doing is the best that you can possibly do. And that you're going through the process of, you know, learning how to do all of the stuff in terms of, you know, recording it properly, mixing it properly, properly, mastering it properly, you know, all of those things and doing it specifically for the platform as well. Um, because there are, you know, certain things that, um, um, that you need to make sure that you're keeping in mind in terms of like the loudness settings and stuff like that when it comes to the, uh, to the content. Next up on the list, um, and hey, just as a, as, a, as a tip for you as well, um, when you are doing music, just keep in mind uh, also, like, you know, a lot of people are doing like awesome over on TikTok um, with music. They're doing great in YouTube shorts with music. So, you know, if you can find something to do there as well, when it comes to vertical content, if you're not already, then I would definitely make some of that as well and just get it out onto the, the other platforms as well as YouTube shorts, um, just as a way to, you know, just get more of your stuff out there. Because in your case, you know, you are, if, if you're wanting to go full-time with music, then you have to like get yourself out there. You got to build your brand, right? So because of that, like I would make sure if you're not already that you are putting out um, vertical content on TikTok on Instagram and on YouTube shorts on a regular basis. Um, there's also, you know, other apps that pop up and they have, you know, the um, vertical content as well. Like Clapper, for example, I think is a new one. But like, uh, you know, with those, you just want to make sure 
that you're that you're tapping into them because your whole thing if you're trying to go full-time with music is that you're trying to build that brand up and you're trying to let people know that you're there um and also you know with that you got to figure out you know all the different ways to monetize it and and those sorts of things um let's see here so one thing um because we've got like 360 people in here um so one thing i want to mention really quick just a quick favor um if you don't mind um if you you know have ever gotten any value from my content this would be a great opportunity to like help me out or to help me back <laughs> so um i'm going to start streaming within the next couple of weeks i'm going to start doing like vertical live streams to um TikTok and instagram but right now like i'm good on instagram but because of the amount of um followers that i have on TikTok, i i'm not going to be able to live stream over there yet um so if you could head over to to my TikTok, just when you get the chance, if you have a TikTok account, um, Chantel actually just dropped a link, a link here, head over to my TikTok and follow me over there. And the win with this is going to be that one, if I'm live and you don't know that I'm live, then in that case, you know, you'll see it happening over there as well, because I'll be doing this with like the news with like all of it. Um, but you know, you'll know that I'm uh, live to where you can come and hang out. Um, but also it'll just help me reach, you know, other content creators in those places as well and help me, you know, be able to live stream over there. So that would be doing me like a super solid. So if you could do that, um, I would really appreciate it if you have a TikTok account. So uh, let's see here. So Alexa Amani um, dropped a super chat. Thank you for that. Says, um, do you use YouTube analytics or vidIQ for best time to post? I use YouTube analytics um, for that. So um, like I mentioned before, uh, when it comes to like all of the tools, you know, they pull into YouTube's API and they get, you know, the same information. Um, so because of that, I'll just use it inside of um, YouTube because then I get like that week view instead of having to select the days and, you know, all of that stuff. So yeah, definitely um, YouTube analytics for that one. Um, let's see here. So next up on our list, and by the way, if you're just joining the stream today, we are talking about all things related to YouTube. I got a form down in the description where you can drop questions. I'm going to be using YouTube's new live Q&A feature um, here soon as well to where I'm just going to have a little session to where we're going to drop those in here and just, you know, crush through some of those um, and just kind of like a mini lightning round before we move on to more. So, um, so because of that, um, you know, make sure that you, uh, you know, make sure that you are getting your questions wherever it is that we're putting them, which is right now down in the description. So we can try to get those answered on the stream today. So next up we have Adventure to, um, Adventures with Time. Adventures with Time says that they are a watch enthusiast and the goal, I love the channel name as a watch enthusiast. That's super cool, Adventures with Time. So the goal of the channel is to help other watch collectors and to make some extra money. And the question is, I've, I've written a backlog of community surveys. Is publishing one per week too frequent? Not at all. You can publish like if you're if you're posting um, videos like one time per week or more, um, then in that case, like if you're, you know, like technically you can publish a, you know, a community post the same exact day that you publish your videos. But just keep in mind that, you know, YouTube might, you know, like show the community post to them instead of a video, you know, those types of things. So you might step on yourself a little bit there in terms of both of them showing up and somebody having to make a choice and then they interact with one and not the other, which can then, you know, work against you and your click through rate, stuff like that. So at the end of the day, it doesn't like really matter long term, but to give yourself the best possible, you know, advantage, um, I would, you know, just do those on the days that you're not publishing. Um, so when it comes to dropping posts and just interacting in your community tab in any way, shape or form, you can post as much as you want to in there. Um, I would just, like I said, I would just do it on the days that you're not, you know, uploading or at least give, like I wouldn't do it right after you publish a video, things like that, um, so that you can just give it just a little bit of space before you, you know, start competing with yourself um, and YouTube recommendations for the community posts. Next on our list here. Brown Gal Peace Count, thank you for that. I appreciate it. 
Hey, uh, Creative Self Therapy, thanks for the um, follow over there on TikTok. Super uh, appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, let's see here. Relaxing Serenity Sounds, thank you for the follow on uh, TikTok. I appreciate it. Um, let's see here. So um, Minecraftism presents as does posting time really matter? So what posting time does is it allows shark scrapper. Yeah, man, old guys like us are allowed on TikTok for sure. <laughs> so um, when when the posting time, um, so long-term YouTube says that it doesn't matter, right? Um, when it comes to like the long-term performance of your video. But the one thing that they do say is that when you do publish with, um, uh, you know, when your viewers are most online, that will help the system get data on your video faster. So the whole idea is that if you publish on like an off time, then the views might just grow really slowly over time. Whereas if you publish, you know, right when your viewers are, you know, coming online and, you know, YouTube has the opportunity to show it to a lot of the people that are interacting with your content, then their system and we'll just get data quickly, right? So because of that, you do wanna make sure, um, just in terms of just a best practice, that you publish when your audience is online. Um, and then by doing that, you're just helping YouTube get data faster, their system get data faster in terms of who you know does and does not respond to your content to help them you know better, or to help the system better know who to show it to. Deborah Berry, thanks for the uh, follow over on TikTok. I appreciate it. Thank you. Chad Garba, Garber, sorry about that. Thank you for the uh, follow over there as well. Super appreciated. So um, next up, we've got Zukira Farah. I hope I'm saying that correctly. I apologize if I'm not. Um, they do daily content. The type of channel is gaming. They do walkthroughs, events, plays. Um, they do a mix of merge genre and Final Fantasy. And the goal of the channel is to help people excel in the games they play, entertain and educate while having fun. And the question is, um, could you talk about the importance of trailers for your channel? Absolutely, but really quick before I do that. Um, so Renee Ritchie says, who just as a heads up, he's um, YouTube's liaison. So he's like the bridge between content creators and YouTube. Um, so he, you know, is like when he says something, it's like, you know, from YouTube in terms of, you know, um, it being like, verified information, right? But he says, um, posting time helps um, helps you understand real-time data. If views are lower, but your audience is asleep, take that into account. If they're awake, maybe change the thumbnail. <laughs> meaning, if they're, uh, meaning if they're awake and, you know, like if they're online and you're not getting a response, that's where you'd be like, okay, you know, something isn't right because I'm getting impressions. People aren't, you know, responding well to this. That's where you make that change. But if they're asleep and everything is just kind of, you know, like you're not getting much activity, then, you know, that's something that you would want to uh, consider. So thank you for that, um, Renee. I appreciate it, man. So uh, let's see here. So on this particular one, um, the question is the importance of trailers. So when it comes to trailers on your YouTube channel, it's one of those things that you can use to help people that are figuring out um, or that are more protective of the channels that they subscribe to because they don't want to just kind of pollute their subscription feed and stuff like that. For those types of people, it will give them just more clarity on what it is that you offer on your channel and all of that. So it's just one of those things that you can do to have that moment to connect with somebody to just explain to them, hey, you know, welcome to the channel. If this is your first time here, this is what it is that I do. This is what it is you're going to get from my content. Um, depending on the type of content that you make, you might even want to talk about why it is that you're passionate about the thing it is that you're doing. So you can also make that connection. 
right? So in your case, you know, you're playing these very, um, you know, specific games. So you can talk about that, you know, like just let them know what it is that you're doing on the channel and, and the value that you're going to be giving them. But then you can also talk about, you know, the reason that I, you know, chose these games, I could have made videos about anything. But the reason that I chose to make videos about these games is because I, you know, really enjoy, you know, uh, in this case, you don't like walkthroughs and stuff. So it's like, I really enjoy just exploring all of these maps and seeing all of the details and all of the, you know, kind of unknown things about all these maps and blah, blah, blah. And um, by doing that, then, you know, you're going to have the information that's in there that's relevant to them about why they should subscribe to the channel. But then you also have that moment to connect with them as well in terms of like, hey, we're into the same stuff, right? So um, so when you are putting your trailers together, just make sure that you are thinking about um, about that. And Renee says, I just try to share the best information I can find, but I'm always learning more, including from amazing YouTube educators like you, Nick. Thank you for the kind words, my man. I appreciate it. Yeah, we're all always learning, man. This stuff is moving so fast. Like it's hard, it's hard to keep up. Definitely hard to keep up. So um, the next channel that we have is Touch Tech Tutorials. Touch Tech Tutorials um, says that they upload one time per week or more. Um, the type of channel is a tech channel, and the goal of the channel is to help people learn how to use their tech. Um, the question is, I make tech content. However, I also make music, and I'm thinking of submitting my music to YouTube Content ID. Is there a way that I can prevent copyright claims um, on my tech videos if I use my own music? So when it comes to YouTube's copyright system, it is a mess. Um, so they're, you know, working on it, trying to make it better and all of that. But I mean, it's, 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 um, it's, you know, like if you make your own music and you, you know, are uploading it to YouTube, um, you're going to just run into occasional claims and things like that. You'll be able to dispute them because you know, it's your music and all of that. So you'll be able to, dis to dispute things and you don't have to worry about a license because it's your own, you know, stuff, but, um, you'll be able to know like, Hey, I know this is my song so I can, you know, dispute this. So when it does show up, um, you know, and you do uh, get some type of like claim for it, um, then in that particular case, just know, um, that, you know, that, that it's just something you're going to be able to easily dispute. Chantel, uh, thank you for that. Um, let's see here. So next up on our list, we have Elvin Ring. Um, Elvin Ring says that they do gaming content. The goal of the channel is to get their next uh, 1,000 subscribers or the first 1,000 subscribers. Um, the question is, is it a good idea to occasionally ask people um, ask if people are subscribed in the community tab or does that risk dead subscribers? So asking if they're subscribed or not in the community tab doesn't really make, um, like you can you can do that in a much better way. So instead of asking people if they're subscribed or not, um, just start asking them better information about them so you can understand them better so that they'll want to subscribe if they're not subscribed already. So asking them about, you know, how they're enjoying your most recent videos, um, what topics they would like you to make videos about, if there's anything that stood out about any of your recent videos that they would like you to kind of double down on, you know, on something else or to make another video of or another version of something like that asking them questions about things that they like or don't like or things that they use or don't use, you know, based around, you know, what it is that you're doing, um, just using it to better understand them so that you can serve them better is the idea when it comes to, you know, that version of your community tab. And then when it comes to, uh, like Doug Houston says right here, value first, right? 
So when it comes to, um, you know, people, uh, you know, subscribing to your YouTube channel, um, of course, you can mention that in videos and things like that. And, you know, typically, you know, you'll get more subscribers when you do. However, make sure because right now, you know, your goal is getting that 1000 subscribers. So what's most or more important than anything else is learning how to get people to respond to your content positively. And when you start focusing all of your efforts on that, then everything else will fall into place. Um, with that said, once everything starts falling into place in terms of you getting, you know, consistent view counts and things like that, and your channel starting to grow, then in that particular case, that is where you start experimenting with like asking people to subscribe in certain ways and, you know, trying to tweak the channel to kind of accelerate things. But at the end of the day, first, you got to start with making content and learning how to make content, come up with topics, make thumbnails that people respond to and will help them identify your content, make titles that compel people to click. And then of course, make content to where they're like, wow, this is good. This is exactly what I expected when I came into this video, they delivered, I'm going to subscribe, right? That's kind of the idea. Next. Next question. So next up, we've got 86 Street Chef Project. What's going on, my man? Hope you're doing awesome. Says um, they have a help channel. The goal of the channel is to help the line cooks and chefs improve their career. The question is, um, there's a fitness channel that got really big and started his fitness video bragging about his Lamborghini. It turned me off as a fan and I unsubscribed. I wanted to know more about the pitfalls and traps that YouTubers can fall into as they grow. Apparently getting self-centered is one of them. It is. So when it comes to, um, when it comes to, this is a really good question. And I'm, I'm in my brain, I'm kind of thinking of how to navigate this in a, in a, in a good way. So when it comes to the things like that, um, first it's important to one, make sure that someone celebrating their success. Um, you know, there's nothing really wrong with them celebrating their success. It's when they're cramming it down somebody's throat that it makes it kind of weird, right? And it makes you want to unsubscribe. So like in, in my opinion, like if I see somebody that I follow um, or that I watch their videos and I see that they're doing well um, and, you know, you can just kind of see that with everything it is that they're doing, I think it's great. And I'm like, hey, this is fantastic that, you know, that they're able to do this, especially if you watch their first videos and they're not doing that well. And then, you know, you're watching their recent stuff and they are, and you can tell or they tell you that, you know, all of that has come from what it is that they're doing on YouTube. Um, you know, that's an awesome thing. Thing and I celebrate that, you know, on their behalf. Um, but when it comes to the pitfalls that content creators fall into, um, ego is definitely one. And let, let me tell you, so when, when you are starting your YouTube channel and you're trying to get everything going, right? There's that side of things. And that's where you're like reaching out to people and you're like, you know, hey, you know, somebody collaborate with me, right? Somebody, please collaborate with me, right? And then you start eventually getting those collaborations and, you know, things like that. And then what can happen is when you start getting all of these comments, right? And you start getting all these people just saying like, oh, hey, this is a great video or hey, you're, you know, like whatever compliment they wanna, you know, pour on you, it can go to people's heads like really fast. So one of the things that you have to make sure that you are actively doing is just remembering that, you know, that people are getting value. Like if they're saying all these things, they're getting value from what it is that you're doing. And it is a reflection of the value that you're adding, but the things that they're saying are not necessarily like 100% like about you necessarily, as much as it is about, you know, the content that you're making and how you are a part of that content and all of that. So the ego thing though, um, is definitely something that can get out of control with content creators. And then other things happen as well when it comes to, you know, pitfalls. 
um, one of the pitfalls is that at some point in time, you know, once your channel starts doing well, you're going to have so much inbound things coming that um, that it becomes difficult to manage. So some people might see that as like you're not responding because, you know, because, you know, oh, they're big now, so they're not responding or something like that. Um, but in reality, it can just be that like they're they're just so busy with all the other stuff that they're doing that, you know, that they just literally don't have time because they're just not managing things in that way. And that particular area of what it is that they're doing just isn't a priority you know, for them. But it also goes the other way to where people start thinking that, you know, that they're too important to, you know, do those things or they're too important to do the things that they used to do in the past. So, you know, because of that, for everybody here, you know, as you are walking down this journey and as, you know, things start going well for you, if they're not already, just make sure that you are trying to just be mindful about that side of things because, you know, your ego can get out of control. And when it does, um, you know, it can cost you opportunities because, you know, there's a big difference and you can see it like, you know, in this particular case, you know, with this person, you know, flexing their, uh, you know, Lamborghini, you know, like you can see it in some cases to where, you know, you can identify that like, wow, they used to be like this. And now they're just like an ego maniac. Um, you want to not be that person. So make sure like, as you do start getting all of this attention, especially like, you know, if you, you know, like if you go out and you start getting like recognized in the street and stuff like that, then that can start to, you know, get people's like egos up and stuff like that. But you know, if you just remember and you always remember that like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm making videos for people to watch. And if I don't keep doing what it is that I do in the way that they enjoy, then I'm not going to be able to maintain what it is that I have. So therefore I need to make sure that I remain humble. And this is what you got to say to yourself. I got to make sure that I remain humble so that I can continue, you know, this whole thing. And just so I can be a good person and not be, you know, somebody that's like flexing all the time. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So when it comes to, um, you know, that sort of thing and the, the pitfalls that people fall into, um, it's, you know, those are just some things that I would definitely make sure to, to, to think about. Great question. I don't think I've ever been um, asked that before. So next up, we've got um, Christian um, Boykin. Christian Boykin does vlog content. The goal of the channel is to get a thousand subscribers and monetize. Um, T's Hot Mess History says, um, I don't have time to reply to comments like I used to. I try to stay connected through live streams and my community tab. Yeah, like that's the kind of thing, right? To where, you know, like when people are first getting going, and, and I'm gonna hop back on this question here in just a second, but you know, when people are first getting going, it's like, oh, holy, holy cow, people are, you know, leaving me comments and you're like, you know, staying up late so you can make sure that you get them all. But then at some point there's, you know, like a threshold that you have to where it's like, well, if I answer comments then I'm gonna be answering comments like all day. So therefore I have to make sure that I am, you know, making sure that I'm prioritizing, you know, the right things in order to, you know, keep providing the value that I am. And it's to keep enjoying my life and, you know, all the other things that you're doing that aren't YouTube. <laughs> so um, um, right here, this is a vlog channel. The goal of the channel is to get to 1,000 subscribers and to monetize. Currently, they're at 776. Um, the question is, I have some success getting subscribers using shorts, about 10 subs per video, 1.5 thousand views. But it appears that I'm only getting views for 24 hours and the videos go dark. This has happened every single upload. Is there an expiration to shorts? Also, I'm getting a lot of watch hours, but I'm not converting into subscribers. How can I um, current this, correct this? Um, thanks in advance. So when it comes to YouTube shorts, um, the rules are the same in terms of, you know, people responding well to them, then they continue getting views versus if people don't respond as well as they're responding to all of the other content, um, you know, that YouTube is showing at that moment, um, then, you know, then they aren't going to be shown to as many people. So that's where like the competitive nature of YouTube is there. So anybody can upload videos to YouTube, but in order, and this is kind of what I was saying before um, to, uh, uh, to Buckeye the Cat, 
is when you know when you're uploading videos to YouTube, you have to make sure that you know you are just taking into account because you're on vlog content. So you have to make sure that you're taking into account like the vlog is showing your life and what it is that you're doing. So you have to make sure that you're thinking about, okay, if I'm showing them like me and my life and what it is that I'm doing, the specific things that I'm showing people, like why would that matter to others enough to make them want to, you know, watch these, you know, um, you know, episodes that I'm putting out. Um, and you have to make sure that you're defining that. And if you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend. Right and in now. addition to that, um, just with everything you're doing, you also need to make sure that you are looking at the data behind your videos. So um, just like uh, long form videos on YouTube, you get audience retention reports with your shorts as well. So you can see how people are interacting with your shorts. So if you find that you have a, you know, like a super high audience retention, you're getting tons of, you know, impressions on those, then in that particular case, your shorts are probably gonna continue getting views. Um, however, if your retention, you know, is kind of all over the place on those, or if it's good at the beginning and then kind of falls off a cliff, then in those cases, you know, those, those probably aren't gonna do that great in shorts because there's so many shorts out there that are thriving because when people, you know, click on them, they, they'll just sit there and watch them. That's why when you have like a vlog, for example, it might not get that many views, um, you know, in shorts, or it might not continue getting tons of views in shorts. But if you watch like a video where somebody's just taking like a screwdriver and they're screwing in like different things into a piece of wood and you're seeing from the other side, like how the, I don't know what it's called, but you put it in a wall and then you put a screw in and it kind of opens up on the other end, whatever that's called. And, and they're kind of putting all those in and you're like, wow, this has like, you know, 10 million views on it. Like what's going on? It's because it's satisfying to watch, right? Satisfying to watch. And if you are, you know, somebody that is even considering, you know, drilling a hole into anything, then in that wall plugs, thank you. If you're somebody thinks better mind journeys, like wall plugs, right? Yeah, you can tell, yeah, that's my handiness, uh, you know, coming through. But basically, uh, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, everything on YouTube, it all comes down to how people respond to what it is that we're doing. Next up on the list, we've got round number 20 already. Wow, we're cruising through these. So next up on the list, we have Now You Know More. Love the channel name, that's great. Um, so the type of channel is true crime and dark history. And the goal of the channel is to make fun videos um, and you would like a second income from YouTube. And the question is, I can't upload as often as suggested because I work full time. Is a channel that uploads two times per month worth it? Absolutely. So here's the thing. Um, I actually just put out a video about this. And that particular video is about, you know, some myths about YouTube. And as a matter of fact, um, Renee, who was in here earlier, he has a series on the Creator Insiders YouTube channel as well, where he's just busting myths about YouTube. And they're all YouTube shorts, so they're really easy to consume. I recommend everybody go to YouTube search, look at Creator Insider. One, watch their videos anyway, but two, make sure you're paying attention to his series because he's just, he's just shattering, you know, some of the common myths that are around YouTube. But... When it comes to um, how many videos that you need to upload in order to do well, if people respond well to your content in terms of like very high level respond to your content, then you can get away with uploading a video per month. However, people typically re, uh, upload more because most people, they just can't get that response, right? So because of that, they have to you know keep plugging away at the machine, so to speak, and putting out the content to the best of their abilities in order to you know continue you know doing the thing. Whereas some people, you know, they'll make these like, you know, 30 or 45 minute documentaries and they'll put them up on YouTube and it'll be like one video a month and it'll just, it'll do awesome. Um, there's also established channels like Kurzakstat, for example, if that's how you say it, it's an animation channel. 
they also will upload like a video per month, maybe two, and um, and they crush every single one that they upload. But keep in mind, they have a pretty heavy you know channel history. But even new channels, like starting out, some people are uploading like one video a month, especially in true in true crime. So some people are uploading videos like one time per month, and you know, and they're doing awesome. But you have to be doing all of the things and people have to be responding to the content at a very high level for you know for you to have a similar um, experience so make sure if you are uploading less make sure that when you are when you have downtime and let's say you're at work on your lunch break make sure you're in your analytics and you're taking notes on everything that's happening in your audience retention report you're taking notes on the thumbnails and the topics and the titles that you're writing based on you know like these people seem to respond to better than when i do these those types of things so you can start tweaking things and fine-tuning things to make the most out of those two uploads that you um, that you have the opportunity to do Next up, Jay-Z Helps. Thank you for the um, super chat. I appreciate it, my man. Hope you're doing awesome. Says, I actually have a a, a few more in here as well. I'll get to yours right here in a second also. Says, I'm starting a second same channel, but in Spanish. Should I have a fluent Spanish speaker and dub the voice or in the alternative, um, use my teleprompter and use my working knowledge of Spanish? So in that case, um, there are services that will just do it all as a voiceover um, for the sake of your time, because you know you are an attorney. So for the sake of your time and you already want running one YouTube channel, I would just I would just offload that. I would have somebody do the voiceovers for it and then put it up on a Spanish speaking channel um, because you already have the transcripts, you know, all of that stuff. All they have to do is translate translate it in voiceover, and then that way you can focus on your main channel for the audience that it's going to like hire you more. Uh, well, maybe more. I don't know. Um, I don't know. You know, uh, if you would get a lot of Spanish customers or not, I'm not sure. But um, I would just focus, you know, your efforts on making the awesome content for your channel, and then let somebody else do the voiceover stuff for the um, Spanish version. Just so you're, you know, just so you're using your time in the best way. Uh, next up, we've got Triathlon with Coach John says, if you're not watching YouTuber news on Fridays, you're missing the easiest way to keep up to date. Unsolicited plug, not associated with Nick in any way. Thank you for that. I super appreciate the um, shout out on the, uh, the, 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 the YouTuber news there. So, um, so I'm actually updating the name there. So I'm, I'm, I got to update the logo and everything. So I'm changing it to YouTube creator news. So there's a YouTube channel called uh, YouTuber news where he talks about like YouTubers. So because of that, um, I'm changing it to YouTube creator news. So uh, let's see here. So Bunga Logic is our next one here, but thank you for that, uh, for the plug. Super appreciate YouTuber news, YouTube creator news, whatever every Friday, make sure you're hanging out and you're watching that, right? <laughs> but um, uh, Bunga Logic says, my channel is about Japan lifestyle and content creating. What's up with shorts flatlining and how do I fix it? My short struggles to break above 2000. Um, so the same thing applies um, that we were talking about here just a minute ago. So when you upload a short, um, you have how people are responding to your short directly, right? In terms of, you know, just are people enjoying it or not? So that's being factored in. But then you also have to make sure that you're remembering that, that you're short is competing with all the other shorts that are being uploaded that that YouTube thinks is a good fit for the people that are also a good fit for your content. So you're competing with all of that. So because of that, even if your short seems like it should be doing better, in some cases, it could just be that that a lot of the other stuff, or at least, you know, some of the other stuff that YouTube thinks is a good fit for the people that you're trying to reach is performing even better. So because of that, it can cause yours to end up falling off. And also keep in mind with shorts right now, it's also, you know, getting flooded in terms of, 
it used to be a lot easier to get shorts views because there weren't as many people doing it. Um, but now, since YouTube has created the bridge between short form content and long form content, they've added the features to where you can just sample out shorts directly out of long form content and things like that. Now, you know, there's a lot more people using shorts as well, which also means that it's a lot more competitive in terms of a lot more stuff that people can respond well to that you are also, you know, trying to compete with. So when it comes to uh, your shorts flatlining, What's happening is YouTube is showing it to people and, you know, some of those people are, are enjoying it and some of those people aren't enjoying it as much, you know, that kind of thing. But, you know, people are enjoying it initially, but it's just not as competitive as, you know, some of the other stuff that they're showing, you know, your, your, your similar viewers. So I hope that was helpful. I wish I could tell you like, hey, just say these words and you're short and it'll be like, and it'll do awesome. Wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be crazy? Like if, if like, like if it worked in that way to where it's like, yeah, well, all oh, you didn't know, all you have to say is pickle in your, uh, in your, in your short and it'll, it'll go to the moon. Like that would be, uh, that'd be incredible, wouldn't it? <laughs> okay. So next up on our list, if you're just joining the stream, by the way, um, we are answering YouTube questions. I am answering YouTube questions. Um, so right now I have a form down in the description. We're getting ready to try YouTube's, um, live Q and a feature as well. Um, so if you're just joining the stream, it's a great time, you know, to just be joining because I'm going to be doing that right here in a second as well. We're gonna have a little lightning round on that. But first, before we do, let me answer one more question out of the form. Um, then we're going to hit that live Q and a, and then we'll go back to the form, um, after that. So next up, we've got the list planet. The List Planet says they upload when they have time. They've been on YouTube for a year or more. And the type of channel is destinations, cities, and buildings. And the goal of the channel says that they wanna be a full-time YouTuber. And the question is, I have a question about the changes to the search function, but I first, I wanted to share with the world that I finally hit the 1,000 subscriber mark. Um, let's see here, two days ago. High five this month to you for crossing your first 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. Here's the thing, you now have proof of concept. So because of that, if you can reach 1,000, you can reach 100,000, you can reach a million. It's just filling in the time and adding the value in between now and then. <laughs> so, so nice work to you on that first 1,000. Um, but the question is, with all the changes to search, um, uh, with the new changes to search have a big, uh, bigger impact on videos that quickly answer specific questions, not so much listicle format or video type essay. I'm not sure. So that thing that I shared in the news yesterday, that screenshot about text results, um, from Google showing up in YouTube search. Um, I don't know tons about that right now. Like that's a thing that's just started popping up, or at least it's just come on the radar. My friend made a video about it like two weeks ago. Um, the SEO guy that I mentioned, uh, in that video that I made yesterday. Um, and you know, so that's what brought it to my attention because I haven't seen it before. And then based on the specific search phrase that they used for it to, you know, for it to show up, I put that in and then, you know, I, I got to see it too. So um, in terms of it having a bigger impact on like quickly answering a specific question, it's definitely possible. Um, but as of right now, it's too new. Like, you know, like that, that particular search phrase is the only phrase that I've been able to get that result to show up for. So because of that, like I'm not 100% sure exactly, um, you know, exactly how YouTube is is going to be using that. But what I do know is in that particular case, if if there are video results there and there's a text result, some content creators are gonna lose out on somebody watching their videos because they're gonna click on that text result instead, leave YouTube and go interact with uh, you know that particular website or at least have it pop up in a, um, in a, in a box. 
So uh, next up on our list here, we've got uh, Zucaria Farah. Hope I'm saying that correctly. Gaming content, the goal of the channel is to help people excel in the games um, that they do videos for to educate and entertain. Actually, I'm gonna come back to this one. We're gonna do the live Q&A. So um, let's see here. We are going to do start a Q&A. Question is, um, let's see here, uh, ask your question. Let's see how this works. And I'm gonna just do a start Q&A. And we're just gonna do a quick lightning round here um, for the Q&A. So if you have a question about what it is that you are doing on uh, YouTube, definitely make sure that you go into that. So I just posted it, but I don't see anything happening. Oh, okay, here we go. They're starting to come in now. So uh, really quick, uh, Traveling Man's Las Vegas says, is StreamYard better than YouTube to make lives clearer? I went live last week on YouTube and the picture was dull and grainy. So you gotta make sure that your camera settings are, are right. You have to make sure that you have to make sure that your um, um, uh, camera is you know good quality. You have to make sure that your internet is strong and you have to make sure that your settings are correct as well um, in terms of like your bit rate, you know, things like that. Um, but StreamYard automatically sets that some of that stuff up, but they don't adjust your camera for you. You still have to, um, you still have to do that. Okay, so this, I, don't, I think that I'm using this um, inappropriately because as these scroll up, I'm probably gonna lose the ability to, to, to answer some of these. So here we go. Hey Nick, I had some shorts go viral over 300,000 views, but as of recent, I get a bit over 25,000 views on them the most. The YouTube shorts are the same format. What is the reason behind that? Same thing that we've mentioned here a handful of times. Um, it's all you know performance-based. Um, Jerry Propandria says, what's a good shorts frequency? When it comes to YouTube shorts, um, it just all comes down to what it is that you're publishing. So as a content creator, and I'm gonna go a little bit longer here with this one on you because you're a channel member. And I, and I know you. So when it comes to um, YouTube shorts, it's important to make sure that you're thinking of just like your content strategy overall. So it's not necessarily about like, hey, I'm gonna flood YouTube shorts or I'm going to do shorts three times a week just because you know that's what I should do. It's more about, okay, with what it is that I'm trying to accomplish on the channel based on the amount of time that I have, based on the value that I'm trying to bring to my community, then where are shorts a good fit? And based on my current upload schedule and what it is that I'm currently doing, where would I be able to drop in shorts that would also be able to, you know, add value to the people I'm trying to reach. So it's more about that than it is saying like, hey, three times a week is the sweet spot because, you know, it, it really, you really have to factor in um, what it is you're trying to do with your channel. So, you know, some people, you know, it might be best to not even use shorts in the first place um, based on what it is that they're trying to do with their channels. Other people might want to have a shorts only channel just because that, you know, like they're like, hey, I just want to, you know, get a bunch of views and get a, a play button. So I'm just having a shorts only channel. And that's the only thing I'm going to make just, to, you know, quickly get that. And then, uh, and then I'm going to go from there. Um, so next up we have, okay, I, I do have a scroll bar, so that's good. So next up here, we've got, um, how you doing? Is Retro the Emperor? I'm doing great. So the, thank you. Uh, thank you for asking. I actually found out um, my uh, girlfriend actually just got the bug that everybody's been uh, dealing with here for the last two years. So she came in, she came into the office last night and she was like, I'm sorry. And I'm like, what, what, what happened? And, uh, and, and she showed me like her test or whatever. And I was like, oh man, but she, she had, you know, um, she ended up, uh, you know, like essentially recovering. She's back to, she said about like 70% now. Um, so she's having a much easier time with it, uh, right now than she had, um, in the past. 
So that's that's good. Um, let's see here. So Mr. Rainbows loves coffee. Says, why is it in shorts when I refresh my page, the number goes down and not up, and then again it goes back up and again after I refresh it refresh it again. So if it's just you looking at your shorts, keep in mind that YouTube is verifying the views. So since they verify the views on your shorts and your long form content and everything else that you do on YouTube, they verify all the activity, um, which means there is a delay between everything. There's also CDNs, which is called a content delivery network that YouTube is bouncing, you know, all this stuff off of based on, you know, like, you know, like, for example, when I publish something, you know, it has to bounce off of, you know, all these different CDNs, you know, all over the place to deliver it to different people, in, you know, in different places on the on the planet efficiently. So because of that, in some cases, you know, things just have to catch up. So that's why like you'll see like your public facing view count in a lot of cases is lower, um, at least initially when you first publish a video compared to what it is that you see in your creator studio and your real time information. So, you know, it'll catch up, but they just, you know, their system goes through the process of quickly, you know, verifying what's legit and what's not. Next, um, what do you think about posting shorts as stories as well? You could, um, but you know, again, this comes down to your content strategy and what it is that you're doing. So stories are good just for connecting with the people that are interacting with your content, um, but they also get shown to people that are not subscribed to your channel as well. Um, I think the number is eight. Um, um, and don't hold me to that number, but I think the number that YouTube released was 8%. Um, but when people are using YouTube stories, they typically have an 8% increase in the amount of people subscribing to their YouTube channels. Um, so, you know, just keep that in mind as well. So with that said, I also want to add another disclaimer to that. And that disclaimer is that that information was put out like two years ago. So I just want to, you know, like, I'm not 100% sure if it's still 8%. That's why I was like weird about the number. Um, but you know, people do subscribe from, um, from stories as well. Um, the ninth way says, should I start using hashtags? So when it comes to hashtags, um, one of the things with uh, hashtags is they do have results pages, which means that if you have a hashtag attached to your video and somebody's watching another video, they click on a hashtag of that high volume video, um, then they land on a hashtag results page and your video is there and you get a good response from that particular page when people land on it, then you can pull traffic from hashtags. So YouTube used to have the requirement of 15 hashtags or less, um, but now they've um, increased that. So you can actually add even more uh, hashtags now. Um, Deo says, if someone in my niche is making, oh, sorry. Um, Six Shop says, how do you get consistent views? Um, they are up and down in my videos. So when it comes to consistent views, just keep in mind that um, what you are going through right now is when you publish one piece of content, you can't expect people to respond to it in the exact same way. This is where learning the content that people respond to on your channel, um, the things that they do and do not respond to in the video content, the things they do and do not respond to topically, learning that about the people that you that are interacting with your content um, is going to help you get your use more consistent because the decisions that you make in terms of the content that you're publishing are going to be more and more in alignment with them over time based on your understanding of them based on you know any feedback that you get from community polls but also from what you see in, in inside of your data of youtube deo says um if someone in my niche is making fake content is it a bad idea to make a video calling it out um in my opinion i mean this comes down to like your own you know, thing. Like, in my opinion, I think making videos like calling people out, um, I think that that is a, 
like there's better places to spend your time, right? There's better things to, you know, there's more positive actions that you can take that will add to what it is that you're doing compared to making that negative video that that is going to, you know, just have like a moment of negativity that you're gonna have to focus on about what other people are doing, right? So because of that, um, um, I recommend that you just keep it positive because that'll, you know, just help, you know, you, um, you know, as well, when you just try to keep things, you know, positive and just kind of stay focused on, you know, doing what it is that you're doing. Um, but, you know, some people, they have an entire channels that are just a big negativity fest and that typically does awesome because misery loves company. I, I'm not saying that, you know, that's what you're doing in terms of the misery love company thing, but there is, you know, um, there are channels out there where every single video they put out, they're like, you know, just basically attacking people with all of their content and, um, and, you know, people eat it up like crazy. Um, so because of that, you know, I, I just, you know, I'm a fan of just trying to, you know, be positive and look at things in a positive way and trying to find the positive thing in, you know, most things. So because of that, I would just put the, um, put the energy on the positive stuff in serving your audience versus, you know, calling somebody out. Now, if you wanted to mention it or make a video about like, hey, there's some people that are, you know, doing these things or, you know, like whatever, but not directly pointing a finger, then in that case, you're spreading awareness about a problem, um, you know, like in your space, but you're not directly calling anybody out, right? So if you're gonna bring attention to something something in that way, then, you know, there you're spreading awareness about it, but being like, Hey, it's this person on this channel, they're doing this and blah, blah, blah. Then, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're going after, you know, you're going after somebody there. So really quick, um, I just want to um, ask a huge favor of everybody, if you wouldn't mind, if you've been watching my content, you've enjoyed my content, um, you know, for, you know, any of my videos that I put out, if they've helped you in any way, um, right now, I'm going to start here um, within the next couple of weeks going live on um, TikTok and Instagram while I'm live here um, on, you know, mobile devices. And um, for that, on Instagram, I'm good, but I need, um, uh, I think about like 500 more people or so over on TikTok. Um, so if you have a TikTok account, if you could follow me over there, Chantel has a link right here in, in the chat um, so that when I start going live over there, if you happen to be on TikTok at the time, then you know, then you can be like, oh, hey, Nick's live and you can come join me over here. Um, and that will also help push me into, you know, content creators over there as well um, to, you know, for YouTubers that are over there to also pull them over this way as well. So that would do me like a super solid and I would super appreciate it and I would be grateful. So <laughs> if you could do that, um, I would really um, appreciate it. So she has the link here or you can just look for my name on um, TikTok. So next up, um, so um, really quick, living in Omaha, David Matney says, Nick, how do you dip your toe into live streaming? Hey man, I can send you a link right now. Um, if you want to, if you want to come on here, just do like a quick, you know, like five minute session for live streaming. I can like, you know, put you on blast right here um, if you would like, but if you're not like ready for that, then in that case, um, if you, uh, you know, if you want to try live streaming, the best thing you can do is first do a tech check um, in terms of like, okay, I got to make sure that all my tech, you know, works easily as you know, you know, cause you're here, you know, a lot. So you already know that, you know, StreamYard is the, the tool that I use for that. Um, but a cool thing about StreamYard is that you can actually go live and just record it. So you're not actually live, you're just recording it. So you can practice a little bit, see how things look, see how things sound and all of that. And just go through, you know, like a practice session and just kind of pretend that you're live so that you can see how everything goes. But what I can tell you is that when you first start trying to live stream, um, when you do the practice stuff, your brain's gonna work differently. And I know this sounds ridiculous, but when you do the practice version, your brain's gonna work differently than when you do the live version. And I don't know why. I mean, I think that 
like innately that we have this thing in our brains of like, uh oh, now there's people watching. So I have to make sure that I don't do anything crazy or, or I have to make sure I keep it going. Whereas in the recording version in our brains, we're like, hey, this isn't even live. So I can stop this or I can correct myself or whatever. So your brain is going to work differently and you're gonna have a lot more to focus on when you're live if people are interacting in the chat. But when it comes to dipping your toes in it, um, the best thing that I, you know, could recommend to you right now is to one, you can come on the stream if you want, just for a quick, you know, quick, you know, like, hey, you know, and introduce yourself and, you know, just kind of go live here with a bunch of people watching to just kind of shake that, you know, nervousness out um, or. Um, um, you know, just having like a short live stream on your, um, you know, on your channel um, and just making it either like a Q&A or just making it like a live video. So instead of it being like a live stream where, you know, there's people, you know, coming in and interacting like what it is that I'm doing here, it would be more in alignment with like what I'm doing with the news to where you would just go live, you would, you know, share whatever content it is that you had and you would wrap it up and be done. So then that way you're not committing to a full hour or a full 30 minutes, you're just turning it on, getting through whatever information it is that you wanna share and then you're closing it all down. Um, so that would be, you know, kind of like a, uh, you know, like an easy way um, to dip your toes into it. So um, let's see here. So next up, we've got um, Brown Gal Peace Lounge says, do you recommend meditation channels stay away from ads altogether? What you want to think about on YouTube is viewer experience, right? So when it comes to meditation content, I mean, of course, you want to monetize it, um, you know, in terms of, you know, them catching an ad at the beginning. However, um, I mean, it all depends on what you're doing. So let, let's talk about um, like guided meditations. Okay, so if it's a guided meditation and they come in and they're expecting a guided meditation, they see an ad on the way in, not a big deal, right? Because they see that ad on the way in, premium users aren't even going to see it and not all users are going to see it. However, when it comes to um, uh, when it comes to something to where maybe they're listening to meditation music. Um, like for example, I'll do this even if I'm not meditating. If I'm like, hey, I just wanna kinda set my vibe for the day, I'll I'll have, I'm not gonna say the name because I don't want them to start doing it right now, but I'll tell it to play, uh, you know, meditation music. And, you know, typically on that device, I won't use YouTube for that in this scenario, but on that device, it'll just sit there and it'll just play them and play them and play them and play them. So what you wanna think about is if somebody has your stuff in a playlist and it's music, meditation music, and yours is in a playlist, then when it comes to the viewer experience, you might interrupt that playlist and just kind of break their entire vibe and cause them to remove you from their playlist because of that ad. But if you're doing it to make money, you got to find that, you know, you got to find that balance. But one thing that I would not do in any scenario when it comes to meditation content is I would not do in-stream ads, or not in-stream ads, I'm sorry, but I, I wouldn't do mid-roll ads. And the reason that I wouldn't do mid-roll ads is because of, you know, if they're doing like a guided session, then they're focused on that and they're in their vibe and in their zone. And the last thing they want is like a, you know, some brand, you know, screaming in their brain. Um, same thing with, you know, music when it comes to meditation as well, or really any music when people are going through it and then you get interrupted with, you know, ads there for me, I immediately remove them from a playlist. I immediately unsubscribe. Um, and I understand, all right, they're a content creator. They're, you know, getting their stuff out there and all of that, but you have to make sure that you're thinking of the context that people will be using, you know, cause what you're making is like a tool for people, right? It's a utility. So because of that, you know, you have to remember that people are using it as a utility and you have to think about how they're using it and how that's going to be a, a, a destructive or, or a very interruptive um, experience for them compared to, you know, something else. David Matney says, thanks. Super I'm not chat. sure if that was a yes or a no. Thank you for the super chat, but I'm not sure if that was a yes or a no for uh, for coming on. <laughs> oh. Okay, so uh, next up on the uh, list here. 
Um, let's see here. I'm just doing a quick look here. Okay. All right. So next up on our um, list here, we have, um, let's see here. One step. Okay. So one step says the um, best live streaming, um, best live streaming practices for gamers. Okay. So as a gamer, um, I would definitely make sure that you're scheduling your streams. I would also make sure that you are thinking about the very specific things that you're going to show in your streams and think about how you might be able to, if you do long streams, how you might be able to clip out some very specific sections to make shorter form videos. And I would actually structure that as part of your stream. So then that way you have your long form content and then you get to sample out some shorter form content um, so that you can also publish those as additional content as a way to you know get yourself in front of people that maybe don't have that full hour or three hours to commit to your content. Um, and then that also gives you more content to get you in front of more people as well, as long as people you know respond positively to it. Um, in addition to that, um, if you do any type of shout out sessions you've probably heard me say this on this stream before but if you do any type of shout out sessions in your live streams in terms of like when people are coming on the stream you're like oh hey what's up such and such and like as you're getting your stream started if you have like a whole thing you do while you're waiting for people to show up um you want to make sure that you do have a clear reset in your stream which basically means uh, you know at the part where you're like okay now we're getting into the content to where you pause for a second and you say if you're just joining us pause Today, we're gonna to be trying to you know, accomplish this specific thing in the game, whatever it is, and basically you build your hook there and then you get into the actual content. And what you do there is when the entire stream is over, you cut off all the stuff before that and you use that moment as your cut point to where you say, if you're just joining us, a quick pause, today we're blah, 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 and you cut it right at where you say today. And then the people that are coming in on the replay, they're gonna see it as today we're doing this, we're trying to accomplish this, blah, 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 let's get into it. And so they actually get to experience content that would be great on the replay, not necessarily all the hangout stuff, you know, when you're giving shout outs and you know, all the things that you do to kind of fill time while, you know, people are showing up for the stream. In addition to that, you know, schedule them um, in advance, let people know if you can, do them at the same times and days. Um, and then that way, you know, that consistency will have more people showing up because they know that you're gonna be streaming, you know, at those times. Miss Rainbow loves coffee, super says, chat. thanks for your help. Thank you for the super chat. I appreciate it. I'm glad that you are enjoying the content. Um, Dad's chat. Gone Live says, your thoughts on in real life streams. Um, I chase scanner calls. I think they're cool. I think they're really cool. Um, you just have to make sure that you are being mindful of like, if you're walking past somewhere and they have music playing and things like that, cause that can you know cause some issues for you. But I think IRL streams are entertaining. Typically you'll find those more on like Twitch than you will YouTube, but some people do it on YouTube um, as well. But um, those types of things are cool for the people that are into them, but you have to, you know, just make sure that you are, you know, keeping people uh, engaged. Okay, so we're gonna hop back into the forum here and then we'll do the, um, and then we'll do the Q&A stuff. Um, we'll hop back over to there uh, here a little bit later. So I just wanna go through like a lightning round there and then we're gonna hop, you know, then we're hopping back into the forum now so we can um, continue to get some of these questions answered for the people that, you know, showed up early as well. So um, we got Petals and Metal Flower Farm, love the channel name, says that they do gardening content. The goal of the channel is to help others learn about gardening. The question is, top channels in my niche don't use words in their thumbnails. As a small new channel, should I follow their lead or make them like it's usually suggested? Okay, 
this is great. This is one of the myths that that um, that you know people think when it comes to YouTube. So you're going to see this in tons of Facebook groups when it comes to new YouTubers giving each other advice. You're going to see this on Reddit when it comes to those places where new YouTubers are giving new YouTubers are giving each other advice. You're going to see this in Discord groups where it's a bunch of new YouTubers giving each other advice. You're going to see people telling people that you have to put text on your thumbnails. You do not have to put text in your thumbnails. I just want to make that crystal clear right now. Um, when it comes to text on your thumbnails, text on your thumbnails is good when you you know need to have you know that context. Um, however, the imagery itself, in a lot of cases, can do what it is that you need to do. So what you want to think about, and you know I'm I'm guilty of this too. Like if you look in my archive. Um, and I'm actually thinking of having somebody go through and just kind of redo, you know, a bunch of thumbnails, the ones that, you know, have low CTR and stuff. But like, if you look at my archive, you're going to see some of them have like tons of text on them. So one thing that you're going to see recently, um, over the past, like, you know, year is my thumbnails are just getting more simple and more simple and more simple as I go along. And, um, the whole idea there is because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm working on the skill set of like, okay, how can I express this through the imagery to where, it doesn't matter if somebody understands English, it doesn't matter, you know, anything about it, like they might still be able to, you know, come into this. Um, so in some cases, you know, the English thing, you know, I can't do anything about that in some cases, but, um, but you know, I try, I'm trying to focus more on just grabbing your attention and just kind of getting you into the video by having you grab, having the thumbnail grab your attention and then having you drop down to the title because you need more information. That's what I'm trying to do right now. So when it comes to text in your thumbnails, um, I recommend that you experiment with the same thing. So as a great Great example of this. So Rachel Smet, who was in here um, the last week, I'm not sure if she's in here today. Um, I haven't seen her yet, um, but she was in here last week and you know, she's been asking a lot of questions about her thumbnails um, all over the internet. And um, people are giving her, you know, tons of advice on her thumbnails. And you know, she's been adding lots of text to, you know, majority of her thumbnails. So she just uploaded one um, yesterday, I think it was with no text at all. It was just like image one, image two arrow going, you know, kind of suggesting this is how it used to be. This is how it is now, right? And um, that particular thumbnail um, or that packaging is getting, you know, more like a higher click through rate for her compared to everything else that she's done. Now, with that said, I, you know, haven't seen her data in terms of knowing how many impressions she's getting for that higher click through rate or anything else about it. But the idea is that she's getting a higher click through rate now than using a bunch of text in her thumbnails like she was doing before. So when it comes to using text in your thumbnails and that you have to, that's a total myth. If you can express the idea through an image alone or through, you know, putting together, you know, a series of images, then in that particular case, that can be all that you need to do. Because remember, the thumbnail, the job of the thumbnail is to grab people's attention, right? Of course, if you can get people to click through the thumbnail directly, that's a win to where it's like, hey, I don't need much additional context, but this thumbnail, that's, that's, that's good. Um, but helping or using the thumbnail to grab their attention and then using the title to kind of push them into the video or pull them into the video, I should say, um, is, you know, the, the skill that you want to try working on. But in some cases you might need to add, you know, some words to your thumbnail. If you do, then just try to use as few words as possible. So don't try to write out the whole title in your thumbnail. Don't try to, you know, express the entire idea through text. Just use like, you know, three words, maybe four words maximum to express, you know, whatever idea it is that you're using to grab somebody's attention. 
Um, let's see here. So uh, really quick. So Vinny D says, do a community post with your TikTok. So um, I can't do that. And the reason that I can't do that is because of YouTube community guidelines. So one of the things when it comes to YouTube community guidelines, and it's important for everybody here to know, um, just because, you know, somebody might think to do this, like technically, you know, people get away with doing that sort of thing all the time. But if you try to play by the rules, which is something that I do um, on YouTube, because my channel is extremely important to me, <laughs> I put tons of work into this. So because of that, I try to protect it. Um, but when it comes to um, um, their rules inside of their community guidelines, one of the things that they mention is that you're not allowed to make a you know piece of content or make a post for the purpose of sending people off platform. So because of that, you know, I wouldn't make that community post saying to follow me over on TikTok just because even though it would probably be fine, like I, you know, it probably wouldn't be a big deal at all, but I just try to, you know, maintain that level of, you know, security for myself because I don't want to do anything that's going to end up, you know, jeopardizing the channel. So because of that, um, you know, making that post for the purpose of sending people over there to follow me is something that I don't want to do. Now, I also know that the whole idea of that, I, I see it, Doug. Thank you, man. Um, the whole idea of that um, is because, you know, there were channels that were like going live on YouTube with just like an image that says like, hey, we're live over on like another platform. So go join us over there. And people were doing that a lot. So I think that's why they put that rule into place. But I still, you know, I just want to make sure that I'm playing by the rules because, you know, because, you know, like I, I've put too much into it to throw it away by trying to get TikTok followers so I can live stream, <laughs> right? But here in this live stream, because I'm giving a different, you know, type of value and I am, you know, giving actual content here, I can say it here. So if you haven't followed me on TikTok yet, it, you would be doing me a huge solid by going over there because I'm trying to get a thousand um, uh, followers over there because I'm trying to start live streaming over there when I do these live streams here, just so that if you're over there and you see I'm live, then you can come join me here on YouTube. Um, or I can also, you know, just start, you know, reaching content creators over there too and trying to pull them over here into YouTube also. Um, so let's see here. So we've got some other super chats that came in. Thanks, Doug, for bringing super that to my attention. Um, we've got money uh, base says that um, says, why do you choose spread shop? Do you have a video explaining the shop setup? I need to sell merch for my fishing channel, quick and easy versus profit margin. So um, for me, I choose Spreadshop because their quality has been solid for me. They ship internationally, which I've had that problem. I'm actually dealing with that problem right now with somebody else. Um, but basically, they ship internationally. Um, uh, let's see here. So the quality is good. They ship internationally. And um, those were actually the, the main two things. Oh, and the, the, they have an actual like store. So like a lot of them will have it to where you send them to like an account and then everything's kind of messy with Spreadshop. You can actually design like a full store. So that's another part of it. Um, but but that's why I use them. Um, in terms of a video explaining them, if you look for a video, if you go to YouTube search and you look for um, how to do merch, Nick Nimmin, um, then you should have a video there showing um, how, to, how to do a spread shop store. Uh, next up, we've got Express Sensei. Thank you for the super chat as well. Um, I appreciate it. Says, um, so as a viewer, once we click question mode, we stay in question mode. We have to exit question mode to comment as a normal. Interesting. Good feedback. Thank you for that. So yeah, so I have to do the same thing on my end. So once I go into question mode, how it works on my side is that I go into here and I think I'm going to end that Q&A. Let me confirm that. 
boom. So, um, so that should have dumped everybody right back into here if somebody was hanging out over there. But on my view, um, I see from the drop down at the top where currently I have like top chat and live chat, and that used to be all I had. Um, now I have the questions, so then I can just go up there and um, and select it from that particular uh, that particular drop down. So thanks for the feedback on the viewer side there as well. Okay, and then that catches us up. I got that one and I got that one. Okay. Okay, so um, let's see here. So next up on our list here, we've got, okay, we did pedals and metal. Okay, Truth Rising TV is our, um, is the next one that we are, uh, that we're answering here. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend. Oh, no, Rich. Did somebody start cloning my name over there? Oh, that's great. So uh, that's so funny. So this is the one. So you want to look for this one um, over there, and I'll just kind of hold it up. This is the one you want to look for. I have this Stormtrooper video. So when you head over there, by the way, so D and I, this is my brother. So you're going to see a Stormtrooper, and you're going to see a, um, a Mandalorian right here in the video that we have. It's the only video that I have on TikTok. And um, on this particular video, this is my brother D and I um, hanging out here at a uh, local mall um, after, or actually during one of the Star Wars movies, like after one of the Star Wars movies came out, one of the more recent ones, it's hanging out there, taking pictures with people and all that. But D, my brother D, he actually made both of these, um, both of the, both of these costumes. So the, the helmets were purchased, um, but he roughed his helmet up like he did a bunch of cool stuff to his helmet. Um, but those were purchased. But in terms of everything from the neck down, that was all made from scratch uh, by D. Really, uh, really incredible stuff that he put together there. But uh, but yeah, definitely make sure that you follow me over there um, just so that I can start live streaming over there. Would super uh, appreciate it. Okay, so um, let's see here. Next up on the list, really quick, just to answer a question because this comes up a lot, just in case anybody else has this question here. We had Star Champ Clip saying, is paid promotion a good idea? So one thing that is important to think about when it comes to YouTube is that you have to, as like if you want to have a successful YouTube channel, you have to learn how to grow organically. And that means you have to learn how to come up with good video ideas. You have to learn how to package those up in terms of thumbnail and, and title in a way that will get people clicking on them or get people to click on them. And you have to make content that they enjoy. When you throw money at it, it doesn't fix any of those problems. So yes, you'll see view counts. Yes, you'll see people subscribing to the channel because it's, it's forced in front of them. However, as soon as you turn off your ad money, if you haven't learned how to get people to click on what it is that you're doing yet, and you haven't learned how to make content they enjoy, then everything's gonna dry up because all those people that interacted with your content, if you haven't learned how to get them to click, then they're not gonna click on your stuff when it gets presented to them on their homepage. So because of that, um, um, I recommend that you avoid using um, you know, paid advertising to grow your YouTube channel. Um, let's see here. Renee says, when I finally get enough Beskar steel, I'll ask D to forge it for me. <laughs> oh, love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah. That's, it's hard to come by, you know, like if you haven't noticed it, it's like really hard to come by. So, um, so yeah, the fact that he was able to forge his, you know, like, I don't know what he's been up to in order to come up with all that. <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, pound for pound sports entertainment says, can you explain reuse content issue on YouTube? Um, so it's not an issue. Um, what it is, is that, you know, YouTube wants original content. Um, so they want people to be uploading content that they've made. They want, you know, just all original content going up to YouTube versus a hundred different YouTube channels showing like the same exact stuff, right? 
So because of that, when you're, you know, reusing content that other people have used from any, you know, platform and they identify that, then it can, you know, cause problems for you when you go to get monetized, or in some cases it can cause you to lose your monetization as well. So, um, so when it comes to reuse content, yeah, you gotta be careful. Um, but when it comes to like deeper information on that, if you go to, um, like if you go to Google search, and you type in um, like YouTube help pages or Google help pages, it's gonna take you to like a whole area of information where there's gonna be another search bar and you can just type in reused content on YouTube and then it'll show you like definitions, it'll give you examples, you know, things like that. It's a really great resource. Magic Flying Potato, what's going on, dude? Hope that you're doing fantastic. Nice to see you in here. Little Crafty Nook, nice to see you here as well. Jay-Z Helps says, um, okay, you're talking to somebody else there. All D says, Renee, this is the way. Oh, love it. You guys are cracking me up. Okay, so uh, next up we have uh, Truth Rising TV. Truth Rising TV does news. The goal of the channel is for growth and for fun. And the question is, how do we get Elon to fix YouTube? I don't know. Let's see what he does with Twitter first. Yeah, and then um, I'm sure the budget he's going to need for YouTube is probably going to be substantially larger. So, um, so let's see. Let's see what he does with Twitter first. Um, the next question here is for, uh, um, or is from, it's Kazor. I hope I'm saying that correctly. And um, it's Kazor says they do gaming content. The goal of the channel is to entertain and build a community. And the question is, hey, Nick, I had a YouTube channel a few months ago and I was uploading about four to five videos per week and I burned out. Any tips on avoiding creator burnout? Um, I've been itching to make another channel and I want to avoid burning out. Thanks for all that you do. Um, my pleasure on the, you know, the, the stuff that I do here. Um, when it comes to um, avoiding burnout, you just got to pace yourself. That's it. So you got to pace yourself. You have to make sure that you are, you know, having a good, healthy balance between what it is that you are doing with your YouTube efforts and what it is that you're doing in your normal life. Um, you know, you just have to make sure that you're balancing everything out. So, you know, like uploading four to five videos per week, that is definitely, you know, a lot of work and all of that. And in that particular case, you know, that was clearly too much. So because of that, I would just recommend that if you, you know, continue uploading to that channel that you just scale it back a bit. Um, if you, you know, are starting a new channel and you're starting from scratch, same exact thing. I would just start with a video per week and then get that worked into your lifestyle comfortably to where, you know, you're like, hey, every this day I'm working on this part of my videos, every this day I'm working on, you know, this aspect of my channel. Um, and then, you know, you work that first video in the process of creating it into your just regular cadence of how you live your life. And and then once you get comfortable with that and you're like, okay, I'm able to consistently keep this going. I'm feeling good about it, fresh, everything's great. Do I want to have another video going out per week? Then in that case, if the answer is yes, then you do the same exact thing and you just rinse and repeat that. Like, okay, now how can I work a second, you know, video per week into my, the, the cadence of my lifestyle? Um, and you just rinse and repeat that process until you hit that threshold to where you're like, okay, it, you know, if I do this many videos per week, it's going to be taking me to that line. So because of that, let me take away one and, um, and just make sure that I'm, you know, kind of going, um, you know, under, uh, you know, under that threshold. Um, let's see here. So as we continue on our next question here is from Marianne Cresp. Mar Marianne Cresp, I think is how I say that. Um, the type of channel is planning, well-being, habit tracking, and budgeting. The goal of the channel is to inspire others with their own paper planning. And the question is, I'm struggling to think up consistent good ideas, topics, and hooks for my community posts. Do you have any advice? Um, absolutely. So just start asking your viewers questions about them. Ask them questions about planning and well-being and habit tracking and budgeting. So for example, let's say budgeting. So as an example, do you budget? 
do you have a, do you have a you know weekly daily or monthly budget yes no working on it right next question when it comes to budgeting um you know when it comes to budgeting um you know what tools do you use let me know in the comments and then there people can come in and they can let you know you know what tools they use next one budgeting hey you know what um you know what method do you use to uh budget let me know in the comments they'll leave you comments next question um you know if you could share one of your best tips for budgeting what would it be and then you'll get feedback from that and then you can rinse and repeat those types of questions for habit tracking for well-being for planning and start asking them you know your viewers start asking them questions about you know the things that they know or want to know um, about you know all the different things that you talk about good question next up We've got Inspired Conviction. Inspired Conviction says they do tabletop gaming. And the goal of the channel is to inspire people to create their stories and share their words. The question is, will public playlists with unlisted videos throw off algorithms? No. Um, says, I want to include my podcast as it illustrates my game master style, but it isn't directly related to the main content I want to provide. Am I still, I'm still in the planning pages, but I hope to be creating soon. Yeah, so um, when it comes to um, adding videos to playlists, what does happen is that, hold on. So there's a video using my profile pic being followed by people we know. Uh-oh. Yeah, so somebody's cloning me over on TikTok. That's hilarious. Yeah, so I guess another thing of me, you know, getting the uh, the follows over there will be, uh, you know, will be that also. Uh, so thanks for that as well. What he's talking about, if you haven't followed me on TikTok yet, please do so. Um, it's this account is the uh, one you want to follow. And um, with this, the reason I'm trying to get you to follow me over there is because I'm going to start live streaming over there. And I might actually start uploading some content over there as well. Um, just like, you know, YouTube shorts and that kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, make sure you're following me over there. It would like be really helpful um, if you did just to kind of help me hit that live streaming uh, threshold quickly. Um, let's see here. So, let's see here. So, in terms of the playlist, let's talk about that. So, algorithmically, so playlists themselves, um, just as a heads up, like if you put a video in a playlist, that's not going to necessarily like do much unless it's a series playlist. Um, there, it can actually be helpful. If you're thinking of your content in series and then you're building series playlists, one of the things that YouTube mentions is that when you are putting together like a series playlist, let's say that you put together like three or four videos in a series um, and it's literally marked as a series playlist. I got a video on this on the Tube Spanner channel on how to do this. But if you have that series playlist or have it marked as a series playlist, YouTube is more likely to recommend other videos in that series playlist next to other videos in that series playlist. So it can help you get more recommendation traffic from yourself, but the videos in that series playlist have to legitimately be complementary to each other because if they're not, then people won't be clicking on those other videos and you YouTube will detect that and then you won't be able to take advantage of that anymore. <laughs> so at least for that particular series. So because of that, you want to make sure that it does make sense for that particular series for people to watch other videos in that series next to each other. Um, so there it can actually help you. But when it comes to anything unlisted on YouTube, as soon as it's unlisted or as soon as it's private, then everything stops counting. So because of that, um, you have to, you know, make sure that when you are, you know, like uploading something, if you upload it as unlisted, just know that like, it's not impacting anything, um, on your channel. So when you upload it as unlisted, it won't be in public view. However, with it being unlisted, but in a playlist, it can still show up in that playlist, even though it's unlisted. So just keep that, um, keep that in mind. Okay. Next up we've got, uh, let's see here. Frosty bros says um let's see here says that they oh you know we answered a question from you um already so i'm gonna actually skip yours and go to another one just to give um, someone else a chance 
Um, so we've got uh, Snowbee Gaming is our next one here. They do survival gaming guides. The goal of the channel is a one-stop channel for guides of particular survival games. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. Hey, and really quick on the playlist thing, um, uh, Shark Scrapper says, I learned that you can't have um, collaborators, um, a collaborator video um, in your series playlist because it would be in more than one playlist. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. So it like the video that's in a series playlist has to be on your own YouTube channel. Um, so it can only, each video on YouTube can only be in one series playlist and the videos that are in the series playlist can only be from the creator's channel that created the series playlist. However, a video um, that's not in a series playlist, or actually a video, even if it's in a series playlist, can be in any playlist on YouTube, just not another series. And those are the playlists where you can do those, you know, collaborative playlists. So uh, let's see here. So survival gaming guides, it's a one-stop channel for guides of particular survival games. The question is, is there any way to choose a short thumbnail for my PC desktop? I was led to believe that I can select a thumbnail for those viewing my shorts on a non-mobile device. However, even though there is an option to choose a thumbnail on my PC studio app, YouTube never selects the one that I choose. This is driving me nuts as sometimes YouTube auto chooses a very poor option. So if you're doing it on a PC, here's what I'd recommend. Um, if you want, if you want it, make sure you're just grabbing a screenshot of that moment of the short or that you make just something completely new. Like, I mean, when it comes up in the short shelf, like they're going to show, you know, they're going to show like, but they're not going to show the one that you, you know, um, picked in terms of if you uploaded like a fully custom one. Um, so you can, you know, select the, the one that you would prefer and, you know, YouTube should show that one. So they might be experimenting with something to where they're trying to figure out the ones people respond to most. I don't know. Um, but if you are selecting it and they're not showing it then you could be in like a test group or something like that where they're just experimenting with um you know figuring out which ones people respond to more more so um or just kind of overriding um the one that that you chose next up we have uh remote closing academy remote closing academy says that they have a biz op space as the type of channel the goal of the channel is to gain exposure the question is what are the main key performance indicators that you're tracking for channels Recommended CTR, average view duration, average watch time, anything else to shoot for metrics wise. So um, CTR, definitely important, but not just CTR, it's CTR from what specific traffic sources. The reason that this is important to know is because one, it helps you know where your views are coming from, which is important. Um, it also helps you know, it helps you notice or identify fail points and what it is that you're doing. So for example, the, the thing that I like to say for this one is if you are looking in your traffic sources report and you notice that like you're rocking and you YouTube search, but you're not getting much attention from home pages, then that tells you that you need to work on the compellingness of your packaging in terms of your thumbnail and your title, or even at the video level, um, as it relates to recommendations. Um, if you find that you're doing great on home pages, but you're just not getting anything from uh, suggested videos, even though you're getting impressions there, then that's another fail point. You can look at that and say, okay, why? In a lot of cases that will come down to maybe your title getting truncated to where it's not showing, you know, like it was too long and it's not um, like the viewer can't tell exactly what the video is about as it relates to their interests. It could be that your thumbnail um, that once it's scaled down, you know, for some suggested videos in some places on YouTube, that it's just not getting a response there because also, you know, people might not be able to see the detail there, that kind of stuff.
But when it comes to CTR, you want to think of that. Same thing um, with your average view duration or percentage viewed. Um, you can also see those per traffic source as well. So you want to make sure that you are being mindful of that. Um, you also want to make sure that you look at the total watch time that you're getting, but also you want to make sure you're looking at the amount of people that are returning to your channel. So they give you information um, that lets you know how many new viewers you're having interacting with your content compared to returning viewers. You wanna make sure that you, the content that you're putting out is pushing you into new viewers that you are having you know, uh, a rise or at least that you're staying consistent and hopefully at least a slight rise in new viewership. Um, and you also wanna make sure that you have returning viewers coming back. That that means that people are enjoying your content enough to keep you know clicking on it and keep coming back in and, and participating in what it is that you're doing. So little things that you can notice from this also, um, let's give you some action steps here. So little things that you can, um, um, you know, notice is like, let's say, for example, you notice that your new viewership is great, but returning viewers aren't really there, then that can tell you that, you know, your channel, maybe the messaging isn't clear that you're, you know, making that type of content, maybe that the type of content that you're making, it's kind of one off content. So for example, let's say you're an automotive channel, and you're showing how to fix a bunch of different types of cars, then in that particular case, you know, somebody might come in for information on a Honda, but then, you know, all the other information that or all the other videos that you have out aren't really, you know, of interest to them because they drive a Honda. So because of that, you know, they might have subscribed to your channel, but maybe they just don't come back and watch any of your videos. But when you notice that, then you can start trying to come up with ideas for trying to get people back to your channel. Um, if you notice, like, um, for example, um, let's say that you have, um, you know, a lot of returning viewers, but you're not getting many new viewers, then in that particular case, um, that could come down to the topics of the videos that you're talking about. But that could also come down to your current viewers when YouTube is recommending your content to them, they're just not responding that great to it. Therefore, it doesn't get past that initial, you know, group of people that YouTube thinks is that ideal fit for it, which is usually, you know, the most engaged people of your channel. So, um, so those types of things are some information that you can pull from that. Um, and it, Brian G. Johnson in the house. What's up, dude? Hope that you're doing awesome. Nice to, uh, nice to see you in here. Um, but another thing, um, and actually Brian G, um, mentions this also is, um, also your in-screen, um, click-through rate is also something to be mindful of. The reason that this one is important is because if you can get people to the end of your video, which is the goal, right? Get people to the end of your video that shows YouTube that people are enjoying the content, or at least those people that made it to the end of the video are enjoying the content, which is increasing the likelihood of YouTube recommending them your videos in the future. Now. If you want to level that whole thing up, if you can get a lot of people clicking on your end screens and you do this by at the very least putting that box there um, in your end screen elements that people can click on, but you can increase the amount of people clicking on your end screens by literally handing off the videos as long as your content type supports this by handing off the videos like you see me do in my videos to where once somebody gets to the end of the video, you say like, hey, you're probably watching this, blah, 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 blah. Um, the next video, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, you should go and watch this video because of whatever reason and then tell them to click on that particular video. Um, so, you know, by doing that, then you can increase the amount of people that are clicking into another video. And the reason that you want to do this is because one, that essentially will double the views that you're getting on the channel. Um, you know, when people are you know taking that option, or at least for the people that are interacting and taking that action, you get two views out of that person, or maybe three views if they continue watching even more compared to just the one view you would have gotten by not having that recommendation and, and kind of trying to sell them on that next video. Next. If that viewer watches one video at the end, it shows YouTube that they enjoyed the content, which can cause YouTube to show them your content. But if they click on that end screen, they watch more videos, then you're increasing the likelihood of YouTube recommending your content to them even more. 
because again, you're showing YouTube that people are enjoying your content enough, not just to watch one video, but to continue watching your content after they watch that one video um, as well. So, you know, those are things that you wanna make sure that you are focusing on because those are all things that are performance related. And everything on YouTube is, it comes down to, you know, performance um, on, your, on your YouTube channel. Great question. Um, okay, so next up on our list here, we have Natasha's Nuggets. Natasha's Nuggets says that she has Bible-based content, and the goal of the channel is to get the word out, um, uh, uh, word of God out on the internet. And the question is, I actually have two questions. One, do short do views on shorts count towards watch time? Um, so if you're trying to get monetized through shorts, in that particular case, you're gonna need the 10 million views. Like if you're trying to get you know monetized, you're gonna need the 10 million views and then you're going to need the 1000 subscribers from shorts. That's the thing to focus on. If you're doing it with long form, that's where you need to you know focus on the actual watch time itself. Um, next question is that 15.3% of my views are from subscribers. How do I know what my subscribers are interested in? This is something that we learn over time. This is a great question. How do you know? Wow, this is a really good one. How do you know, um, I'm gonna make a note of this one. I wanna make a whole video on this. How, how do you know what your subscribers are interested in? Um, hold on, I'm just sending myself a quick email. How to know what your subs are interested in, send. Okay, so it's a great question. Okay, so when it comes to figuring out what your subscribers are interested in, um, the very first thing is that when you are publishing content to YouTube, um, it is first important to know who it is that you are trying to reach with your content so that you can just kind of understand that out of the gate. Like in your case, you know, you're, cause you're trying to get the word out. So I don't know if you're trying to convert people or exactly what it is that you're trying to do. Um, but like, if you are trying to convert people, then you'd be trying to get in front of people that are not familiar with the message versus trying to just connect with the people that are already familiar with the message. So because of that, um, what you have to start thinking about is at the first, the people that are gonna be interacting with your content. So for example, if you're reading like Bible verses, then that's going to bring in a very specific type of viewer that would want to listen to that in the background or maybe follow along if you have text on screen or something like that compared to a viewer that would be interested in hearing about the stories of the Bible. So because of that, you have to define first, you know, which one of those you would be going after if one of those would fit the profile of the people that you're going after. But then through the content that you're publishing, you're going to quickly notice over a short amount of time, if you're experimenting with different, you know, things, you're going to quickly notice when I start, when I publish content based around these types of things, people typically respond better to them compared to when I publish videos around these types of things. And then by identifying that, that kind of helps you know the path to follow with the content that you're putting out. Now, YouTube has a feature called groups or grouping um, to where you can start you know, saying, okay, these are, this is the Bible verse content. I'm going to put, you know, where I'm actually reading it or whatever. I'm going to put that into, you know, this particular group in my YouTube analytics. And then this content over here, I can't remember what that first thing was that I mentioned, but if the one is Bible verses, we'll say the other one is stories of the Bible. I think that's what it was. And then this um, group right here, this is going to be the videos that I've made on like the stories that I tell um, about the Bible. And then what you can do is you'll be able to compare those against each other and you'll be able to see which ones people, you know, are responding to in every way the most. So by doing that, that helps you paint the picture of this is the stuff that I think they care about. So I'm going to publish things around that. And then I'm going to use those videos as 
my guide, so to speak, to help me know what it is that, you know, people respond to better, at least the people that I'm trying to reach and that YouTube is showing my content to so that I can double down on that and start walking down that direction. So this is great. Um, I just put it on my list. It's a, I have a pretty long list, but I put this on my list to actually make a video about this because um, that's, a, that's a fantastic, uh, fantastic question. Thank you for that. So History Explained says, does a 24 hour in advance scheduled premiere negatively impact a video's metrics like average view duration or retention during those 24 hours? So you're asking me if when you schedule a premiere and we'll just go ahead and say a live stream too, does the interaction that people are having with that impact the video itself? So one thing to think about is if nobody's clicking on like, hey, remind me later, then in that particular case, that would have a negative impact um, because, you know, those particular people that might have went into that, maybe they won't see that, you know, it's actually, you know, the event is actually going down because they chose not to click on it, which would tell YouTube that they, you know, maybe weren't interested on it in it, but because they chose to click on it, they might. <laughs> so because of that, um, I don't really know 100%. If Renee is still in here, he would be the great person um, to add some clarity to this one if he happens to know. Um, but in terms of it, you know, impacting like average view duration, it would not impact that because that only takes place when people are interacting with the video once it's live. Um, in terms of the audience retention, it also wouldn't impact that. But in terms of does it impact who it gets shown to, that's the thing that I'm not 100% sure on in terms of if they click on it, does that qualify them to um, if they click on it and they watch your message about what it's going to be about, or they just see the option to be reminded, is that enough for YouTube to recommend it to them later, even if they choose not to be reminded, or if they just don't click on anything, if they don't have any other engagement besides clicking on it and backing out, I don't know if that's enough or if they have to actually click the button in order to get that note or in order to, for YouTube to, to show it to them. I'm going to guess that it's going to be based on other activity that they've had on your YouTube channel and just how into what it is that you're doing is going to be my guess. Um, but for that one, I don't have 100% um, clarity on how, the interaction that they have beforehand impacts how many more people are seeing that notification that the premiere or live stream is going to be happening. Because we don't like we don't get information on that. Like um, you know, like as content creators, like we don't see any of that stuff because everything counts that we are aware of. You know that we get um, access to in our analytics. Everything counts once the videos go live, right? Once everything starts, you know, once it's actually published. So because of that, what happens before it goes live? Yeah, I, I'm not sure. That's a fantastic question too. We've had like two, two like huge winners, <laughs> like two in a row. They're like back to back there. Those are both awesome. So next up we've got, um, should have been that, um, is the name of the channel. It is a reaction channel. The goal of the channel is to make it to my career. And the question is, I want to transition my channel from music reactions to posting videos from my live streams. How can I do this transition smoothly? If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. So um, if you are posting music reactions and now you're going to post videos from your live streams, I'm not sure what you're doing in your live streams. If those are also reactions, then you're fine. Just, just, you know, just post them because you're still making reactions for people. Um, if your live stream is like something completely different than music reactions, then in that particular case, you might want to consider putting that on a different channel or, you know, doing something different with those because the whole idea is creating your YouTube channel. Like it, it's called a channel. Right. So it's called a channel. So what you want to make sure you're thinking about is your YouTube channel 
is like a destination for people. It's a resource for people for the type of content that you make. So if you're throwing a bunch of like, you know, things on your channel that aren't related to the interests of the people that you're trying to reach, then in that particular case, there's no reason for those people to interact with that content. Um, whereas if your entire channel is based around the interests of a particular group of people that you're trying to reach, then they can come to your channel and they can binge watch everything that you have. So because of that, to do yourself a solid, um, I would make sure that anything you're doing in your live streams and any clips that you repurpose from your live streams on your main channel, I would make sure that those are also somewhat related to music reactions, or at least reactions of some kind to stay in alignment with people that watch reactions. Um, the next question that we have here is from the um, Florida Uber Eats driver. Florida, Florida Uber Eats driver says, they have a YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, Uber, and Lyft passenger stories. The question is, or the goal is more subscribers and watch time. And the question is, what advice can I get to grow my channel? I know, let's look at your channel, let's see what you got. Um, let's see. Okay. So first off, um, you, it looks like you are making like a bunch of political content. So if you are doing political content, okay, so, so it looks like you're talking to people um, and you're doing like passenger rides, but then you're also making like YouTube shorts about, um, you know, like political things and stuff like that. First, I would stay in alignment with the type of content that you make. Um, so in your case specifically, um, I would make sure that, that you're thinking about who, like, okay, who am I actually making this stuff for? And the people that are watching videos about Jerry Springer, the conversation that I have with people about Jerry Springer, would they necessarily care about my, you know, um, political stance, um, you know, um, you know, some of these other conversations. So the idea is to lead your conversations with the people that you're having. Like if you want to make it political, that's fine, but make it to where um, like all of the conversations that you're having on the channel are about those types of things, right? And then that way, people that are interested in hearing other people's opinions about it, they can come to your channel and they can see all of that. Um, if you're talking about celebrities, like, you know, like you have like Jerry Springer in here, and then you have another one about like, you know, homeless people in America. So when you have that type of stuff, um, then again, you know, you're, 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 you're kind of splitting up the interests of the people that are watching your content. So of course there will be people that are coming in and that will, you know, just kind of, you know, listen to some of the conversations because they find them interesting. But if you, if you're talking about things that a certain type of person or a certain type of viewer is interested in, and all of the conversations are around those types of things, then you're going to be making your channel more of a resource or destination for those people that are interested in hearing other people's opinions about all of those topics that are all those, all those people around that, you know, that general topic. So for example, if you have like an Uber interview channel, um, you know, general conversation can be fine too. But if you're like, Hey, I'm going to have an, uh, an Uber interview channel, but every ride that I take, I'm just going to talk to people about like, you know, celebrities and get their feedback on, you know, that and share those conversations. Or I'm going to talk to them about politics or other, you know, world affairs or talk to them about social media or talk to them about whatever. Um, and just focus them on like one, you know, general topic set that is, you know, for that, you know, general viewer that you're, uh, or specific type of viewer that you're trying to reach. Um, also with your thumbnails, um, I would definitely work on your thumbnails too, because the thumbnails, um, they're definitely, um, you know, uh, 
like, yeah, people will click on them, um, but but you can definitely do better with your thumbnails in terms of just like the quality of the images, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, let's see here. So really quick, Invisible America TV, hope that you are doing awesome. Welcome to the um, welcome to the stream today. Says, um, making my Saturday. Thanks. I hope all is well. All is well on my side. Hope that you are doing awesome also. So next up, hold on really quick. Gotta take a sip of my coconut water here. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend. All right. So I'm testing coconut water instead of coffee for this stream. <laughs> so I've had two coffees today already, trying not to get carried away. So this channel is a homesteading channel. The goal of the channel is to help others being uh, beginning homesteaders and to generate revenue for our farm. The question is, how can I find out when my viewers are watching? Analytics states there's not enough data, but I was wondering if there's somewhere to learn when viewers watch this niche in general sense. So if you have other people um, that have you know established channels in your space, just pay attention to when they publish. Um, if you can note when they publish their videos, then that's going to give you tons of insight because they're looking at that information and they're publishing you know, around the right times, hopefully. So because of that, I would just follow their lead until you get that um, data. But also just think about the, the, the life cycle of somebody that would be interacting with your content in terms of like, you know, would they be likely to watch videos in the morning? If so, publish in the morning. If they'd be more likely to watch them at night, then, you know, then, then do it at night. But the idea, um, you know, if you if you follow like, hey, this channel publishes at like six in the morning every day and they make the same exact type of content, they're targeting the same exact people that I am and they're doing awesome, then in that case, you know, you might want to you might want to follow suit and see how it works, you know, and if it doesn't work out for you, then in that case, you know, it, you know, like here's what you do like this. This is how this is how you'll figure it out. So. One, just go find all of the channels in your space that are having success with what it is that they're doing. Have some of those channels be like big established channels, have some of those channels be like smaller channels that are thriving and that are getting you know, good results with their content. And then just say, okay, this channel's publishing around this time, this channel's publishing around this time, this channel's publishing around this time, and look for patterns and then publish, you know, right before they do or right after they do. Um, in, in terms of the exact time that you publish. But one thing that I do want to remind you of when it comes to the time that you publish your videos, you do want to publish when people are online because that will help YouTube get data faster. Um, but you know, according to YouTube, the time that you publish your video does not impact the long-term performance of your video because if people love it, then they're just going to keep showing it to people. If people don't, then of course, you know, then less people are going to get the opportunity to see it. Super Express chat. Sensei, thank you for the super chat. Says, where do you look to hire someone to do a series of thumbnails for you? I would like a service like that for my actual channel videos. So um, there's a uh, website um, uh, called customthumbnails.com. Um, Justin runs it. He is a successful YouTube channel. He has a vlog channel. I think he's got like, I don't know. I think he might be like 300,000, 400,000, 500,000 subscribers on it. Like he gets it when it comes to YouTube. Um, but he's been, he's been making thumbnails for people or his company has been making thumbnails for people for years. Um, so go over to, um, customthumbnails.com and, um, and see, uh, if he can get you hooked up over there. Let him know I sent you. Um, cause we've talked like a few times. I don't like know him, know him, but, um, but we've talked, you know, a, a handful of times. So just let him know I, uh, sent you over there. Um, Black Hole Queen Super says that, uh, let's see here, they do gaming content. The goal of the channel is to entertain others. And the question is, why don't I see advanced features yet? So make sure um, that you have, um, um, that you have verified either one, that you have a channel history or that you have went through the verification process for your channel. 
which means that you've either showed them um, 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 ID um, or you have made a video um, proving that you are you. Hey, Roberto Blake in the house, what's up Roberto? Says, um, you can also look into YT Jobs. Is that a .com, Roberto, or a .io or something like that? Is it, a, I, I think it's a, I think it's a .com. But YT Jobs, which um, Patty Galloway set up to hire um, thumbnail designers, editors, consultants, like everything um, is the resource that he's building over there for that. Thank you for that, um, I forgot to mention that one. Um, let's see here. So next up, let's see here. Do we do this advanced features? Yep. Okay. So next up we're on 36 cruising through these today. Okay. So next up we got little crafty nook. Hey, what's going on? It says, um, the type of channel is greeting cards. The goal of the channel is community, uh, teach creativity and make full-time income. The question is when using the create button to make shorts, do we have the choice besides the 15 second time frame? Yes. So YouTube it's a dot co. Okay. So it's a dot co. Um, so yeah, so ytjobs.co. But um, yeah, so all you have to do is up in the top right hand corner, you're gonna see the little 15 up there. Um, if you click on that um option and you change it to 60, then you go and you look for your music and you'll see the ones that you can use um in there for that. Next up. Um, let's see here. We've got shit, uh, uh, really quick. Rhythmic pan man so says, I wish shorts content counted as watch time. Do you think they will make this change with shorts going crazy? Um, I'm not sure. Like, um, you know, with shorts, because the potential for views is so high there because like, like when it comes to other content on YouTube, like live streams, um, you know, video content, people have to make the choice flash in your pan. What's up, dude. Hope you're doing awesome people have to make the choice to click on it, right? So they have to choose, like when it shows up to them somewhere, they have to choose like, I'm interested in this, or I wanna see this, or I wanna see what this is about, whatever. And they have to make that choice to click on it. Um, but when it comes to shorts content, you just gotta focus on the videos. So it's a lot easier to have your balloon or your, your view counts balloon because people just need to like see it for a little bit. I'm not sure what the actual limit is on it to count it as a view, but people need to see it for, you know, a short amount of time. And then, you know, YouTube will detect it as a view, which makes us feel, you know, great as a content creator. Um, but in terms of, you know, the, you know, like everything behind it, um, it's really going to be interesting to see what they do with that in the future. So, you know, by the time 2023 is over, by the time next year is over, I'm sure that we're going to have like tons of information around, you know, like all of that type of stuff. Um, because, you know, they're, they're doing all kinds of really cool stuff with, um, you know, with shorts right now. And I'm sure that's going to continue, um, into, you know, the next year. So, um, so I'm really excited to see, you know, how everything kind of unfolds, but, um, but yeah, like, um, the fact that it's handled so extremely different in terms of like, you know, for monetization, for example, like that 10 million views, like that's a, that's a pretty big ask, but at the same time, you know, I mean, it's qualifying basically like when it comes to the, like, this is a controversial topic and depending on where you are in your journey, you know, this, you know, you, and just how you look at things, you know, your opinion might differ than mine, but, um, but I think it's interesting with the different qualifications that they have because it's kind of like, you have to prove yourself, right? So it's like, you know, you can create content, anybody can create content for YouTube, but in order to get financial rewards from it, you have to prove yourself to the platform. And the way that you prove yourself to the platform is you learn to make content that's good enough for their viewers, because we're tapping into their already established platform, right? So you have to learn how to make content that's good enough for their viewers that their viewers enjoy. And you do that by proving right? By, by making the content and people enjoying it enough that allows you to hit these milestones. So I think it's cool 
that they have those things in place. Cause it used to be that you just started a YouTube account and, and you could just go ahead and set up your AdSense, connect everything. And like your very first video, you could be making money on it. It's how it used to be. And people abused it and all that. Like it would be great. Um, you know, just for people that are like, Hey, I want to, you know, just start making money from this right away. Like that would be awesome. But because it is so competitive now and you know, things like that, because people do abuse those sorts of things, having those qualifications in place, it's just interesting. Um, I think there that they have to, you know, that, 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 that you have to, you know, prove yourself that we all do have to prove ourselves to YouTube in order to get those, you know, financial returns out of it. It's interesting. Shark Scrapper, my man, says went over 7,000 subscribers this week. Says your counsel has been a big part of my success. Thank you. High five and fist bump to you, my man. Congratulations to you for crossing that 7,000 subscriber milestone. Going after that 10 now, right? Going after that 10. I guess eight first, right? Then nine. But going after that 10. Pushing hard for the 10. <laughs> so uh, let's see here. So next up on our list here. Okay. So, so here we have um, should have been that is the name of the channel. It's a reaction channel. The goal of the channel is to make it their career. And the question is, can you use the community tab to grow your audience on YouTube? And if so, how? Yes. So one of the things that I mentioned earlier in the stream today is that you can use your community tab to learn more about the people that you're making videos for. So the people that are already interacting with your content, if you can learn to understand them better and the people that are already enjoying what it is that you're doing, if you can learn how to understand them better through the questions that you ask them in your community feed, then what's going to happen is that's going to help you be able to connect better with more people like them because you're gonna understand them at a deeper level. So because of that, that's how you use, and I know that's, like you're thinking of it probably like, you know, hey, can I just, you know, publish a bunch of community posts and then like, you know, I'll get a bunch of subscribers from that. Like the way that I'm saying is more of like a, you know, a different type of journey, which is you use it as a tool to engage plus to understand the people that are interacting with your content so that you can serve them in a better way, which will help you grow your channel better and more sustainably long term. Because, you know, like my, my whole thing when it comes to YouTube is like, you know, somebody can make a video and that video pop and everything's great. But then when that video is over and, you know, let's say it goes through its life cycle on YouTube, you know, like everything can just kind of grind to a halt. So because of that, it's important to make sure that everything it is that we're doing, that we're thinking about, you know, sustainability. Um, if you're somebody that wants to, you know, do this for any amount of time, it's important to make sure that you are thinking about the sustainability side of things. Um, because, you know, if you if you go into it thinking about like long term, then a lot of this stuff really falls into place. Because if you're thinking like, okay, how can I create a YouTube channel? How can I create an asset? Like for those of you especially that are like, hey, I want to turn this into a career. I want to make money from this. Like when you start asking those questions about like, okay, how can I turn this into like an asset or how can I, you know, like really turn this into something, it all leads to the same path. And that same path is make content for a specific group of people and learn how to serve those people in the best way that you possibly can based around, you know, their interests and how that overlaps with your interests. And when it comes to sustainability, if you focus on that and you, you know, continue to focus on that during your entire YouTube career, like you'll, you'll do, you'll do fine. Um, but the hard part is, you know, going through that process and doing all of that work that's required to like learn to understand them and experimenting and tracking the experiments that you're doing and, you know, using your analytics to track those experiments and learning how to read and interpret things through your YouTube analytics and, you know, learning just how to engage better and connect better with the people that are interacting with your content and learning the right questions to ask them in your community feed, you know, for example. But yeah, you can definitely use that to uh, help you grow your channel. Next question is from Sergio, uh, Vital Cooking Recipes. 
One step says eight months. No way. Thank you for uh, eight months. <laughs> and uh, uh, let's see here. And uh, Little Crafty Nook says, on shorts, I meant the content itself. I know the regular way is up to 60 seconds. Thank you so much. So, so were you asking about the music or the videos? So the same thing with the content. So when you click on that, then it basically takes it from the 15 second limit to the 60 second limit on the content side. And then you can go in, you can select the music for it. And the music that you see there should be the 60 second, um, you know, the stuff that is licensed and allowed for the, you know, up to 60 seconds. Um, so if you need any more clarity on that, just, just drop a message in the Facebook group. Cause you're a channel member, you know, we've met, you know, I know you, so, um, just, you know, you know, drop a message in the Facebook group, tag me. And, um, if, if, you know, if you need more clarity on that, um, then I'll, you know, I'll be able to help you there. Um, Sergio vital cooking recipes says that they do cooking recipes. Um, the goal of the channel is cooking is their passion. They want to showcase it with the world. Um, the question is. I'm, I'm there with Sergio, with Sergio Vital Cooking Recipes. I'd like to know, is it okay to mention your channel is new in your first videos, then ask viewers to subscribe? I've done that in my first two cooking episodes, and I'm not sure if I should be mentioning that, if I should be mentioning that we're a new channel. Okay, here's the thing. Remember that long-term sustainability thing that I was just talking about? This is another one that, that answers this type of question. So when you're thinking long-term, and you're thinking about having a long-term sustainable YouTube channel, you're also acknowledging that the content that you're publishing today is going to be on your YouTube channel next week, next month, next year. It's going to be in your channel when you have, you know, like, let's say you're just getting started. Let's say you have 100 subscribers. It's going to be in your channel when you have 100 subscribers. It's going to be in your channel when you have 200, 500, 1,000, 500,000, a million subscribers. That video is still going to be in your channel unless you choose to remove it. So if you make a video and in that video, you're like, hey, you know, I'm new to uh, Savvy Turtle. What's up, dude? Hope you're doing awesome. Haven't seen you in a while. Hope you're doing great. Um, but when you are thinking in that way, then when you think about the idea of making a video and saying, hey, you know, I got, this is a brand new YouTube channel, you know, subscribe, you know, really like help me out and stuff. Then in that particular case, you are making that video for right now and not thinking of the long-term value of that video, right? So because of that, what I encourage you to do is instead of, you know, saying like, hey, this is a new channel, blah, blah, just focus on making great content, right? Focus all of your efforts on serving the audience that you're trying to reach, making great recipe, excuse me, making great recipes for them, um, you know, answering all of their questions when they leave comments, um, you know, trying to fine tune the experience they have when they're uh, interacting with your video content through studying your audience retention reports, you know, these types of things. If you focus on those things, then you won't have to, you know, try to, you know, have these moments where you just like stop everything and let people know that you have a new channel and all of that, because you're going to get past that part, you know, relatively quickly. If you just focus on adding value to the viewers and making the viewer experience from the moment they see your content on a homepage or search or recommended next to another video or in their mobile feed or wherever it is that they happen to see it from that moment all the way through your video, maybe another video, you know, through that whole process, if you just focus on making that great and providing tons of value, um, then, then you'll do fine and people will subscribe. But if you focus on that first, on the value side and making good videos and learning how to get people to click on them and all that, if you focus on doing all of that first, then once you start getting some momentum on the channel in terms of like you're getting like regular view counts, let's say like right now you're getting like 100 views or video or 200 views of video. Let's say you get that up to like 1,000 views per video or 2,000 views per video. That is where you're like, okay, 
Now we're getting some consistent view counts. Let's try to accelerate things. Let's start trying to get a little bit more strategic, maybe with like playlists, which you should be doing anyway. But if you're not, then in that case, it's like, okay, let's, you know, all this stuff Nick's talking about all the time. Let me start like really paying attention to that stuff so I can really start, you know, accelerating things here. Um, and then that's also where you start doing little tweaks in terms of like, okay, let me really start doing tons of experimentation because now I'm getting more data for every video that I publish so I can get information back quickly on how my experiments are working out. So then that's where you start experimenting with like your different calls to action and how you're asking people to subscribe or where in the video you ask people to subscribe if you you know choose to do that or the different ways that you structure your ask to subscribe that's where you start experimenting more with you know the very specific ways that you get people to click on your in-screen um, elements and how you set those up and how you structure those calls to actions like you know those types of things um, are things that you do to you know kind of fine-tune things and tweak it versus Right now, as a new channel, you should be focusing more in all of your efforts, actually, on just learning how to, you know, make good content, learning how to make effective thumbnails, learning how to write, you know, good, compelling titles, those types of things. Next up on our list here, we got a uh, better mind journey, better mind journey um, has a well-being channel. The goal is to help people with well-being advice. And the question is, how do I find the best trending mi uh, music of the time? to create YouTube shorts. So yeah, when it comes to YouTube shorts, I'm not sure if it was TikTok, they've got like pages for that. But when it comes to YouTube shorts, I'm actually not sure in terms of, you know, picking the right trending music for YouTube shorts. Next on the list, we've got Need for Oxygen. Need for Oxygen says they do outdoors content. The goal of the channel is to encourage people to go out. The question is, if you're new to YouTube, you recommend looking at analytics or not? I don't like waking up and seeing that no one has seen my videos. So here's what you got to think about is if nobody's seen your videos, then that's where you actually need to look in your analytics. So if you wake up and you don't have any view counts, that doesn't mean that nobody's seen your videos. What that means is that when people are interacting with, like when you publish a video, YouTube will give that video impressions and that's what you see in your analytics. What an impression is, is an impression is when somebody, or when YouTube shows your content to somebody somewhere on the platform, that counts as an impression. So when YouTube is showing your content to people, but people aren't clicking on it, those are two totally different things from people not seeing your videos, right? So if you wake up and you're like, man, I don't have any views, then the very first thing that you should check is you should check your impressions. And again, your impressions is YouTube showing your videos to people. So if you notice, like, I don't have any views, nobody clicked on my stuff, then you go and you look at your impressions and you see like, hey, YouTube gave me like 100 impressions or 200 impressions or 1000 impressions, but I just didn't get anybody to click then that puts it back on you to where you're like, okay, let me maybe update my thumbnail, maybe see if I can make a better thumbnail, maybe let's see if I can make my title more compelling, um, you know, those types of things so that you can, you know, identify, uh-oh, Houston, we have a problem. And then you can, you know, try to modify what it is that you're doing in terms of your thumbnail and title to hopefully get the people that YouTube will continue to show your videos to, um, to get, you know, some of those people to click on it and, and, and start, you know, everything in motion, so to speak. Next up on our list, we've got, uh, let's see here, Jamie Slate Music. Says they upload when they have time to music and also a garden channel. The question is, or the goal of the channel is entertainment, but lessons for gardeners. The question is, how would you leverage Reddit to enhance views? Um, so first off, 
Um, what you want to focus on first is you want to focus on organic traffic on YouTube, because if you can do that, then technically you won't even have to use Reddit to get views, but you can get tons of views from Reddit if your content is appropriate for the platform and if the type of content that you make has subreddits where they allow people to post video content and people respond positively to video content when it's posted. So what you need to do is you need to go and you need to look for every gardening subreddit that's out there. And then from there, um, you need to start looking, hey, are people posting videos in here? When they do, do they actually stay there? Do the moderators delete them? And when those videos are posted, are people responding to them? And if they are, then in that case, you know, I would start, you know, interacting with that community a lot and figuring out, you know, all the very specific questions that people have in there and then start answering some of those questions um, in your videos and just letting them know that you have it in there. Now, keep in mind, I would only do this on subreddits that have volume. I wouldn't do this on a subreddit with like 100 users on it, right? I would do it with subreddits with volume. Um, so then that way it might be worth your effort. But then if you are gonna be sharing your content on Reddit, one thing you also wanna make sure that you are keeping in mind is that inside of your audience retention reports, and you can see this for every platform, by the way, inside your audience retention reports, you can see external traffic sources and you can click into that and you can see the average view duration that people are um, giving you or that they're you know experiencing with your videos. So then you can use that to start um, identifying how valuable people find your videos from those platforms. So then, you might find that your view counts might increase, but in some cases you, you might have, you know, people watching the entire thing and they're loving it and subscribing and all that stuff. Or you could find like, Hey, when I share my videos on Reddit, people come in, they watch for like 15 seconds and then they're out of there. And then when you notice that, then that's like, okay, I'm not going to share in those subreddits anymore because when people come over, they're not actually interacting with the content, even though it's giving me views, they're not actually enjoying the content, which means that I shouldn't be sharing my content there because when they come over to YouTube and they're interacting with your content there, it's going in their user history, but then they're bailing on the videos, then YouTube's not gonna end up recommending your content to them in the future anyway. So then you're only winning from that one direct link coming into your video and anybody that clicks on that, but you're not actually winning by creating that content that they respond to well, them enjoying the content enough to keep wanting to come back and to click on it, you know, when YouTube presents it to them them on their home pages and so on. So you got to make sure that you're thinking about those types of things. Um, in addition to that, just as a quick heads up, um, because I know that there are some subreddits that will let, you know, people share content in there. There's some that do not, but if you find that in your space, there isn't one that lets you, then you might, if you're like, Hey, I really want to leverage this. Um, this is going to be a ton of work and it's something that you might not even want to do because if people don't respond positively in terms of, you know, actually watching the content for a long period of time, then it could be kind of just be a waste of time. But if you wanted to, you could even create your own subreddit around gardening and then, you know, build that up as well, just like you're doing your YouTube channel. And then over time, just kind of cross-reference both of them. Like, Hey, you know, if you haven't joined our subreddit yet, blah, blah. And then on Reddit, you're posting videos over there, driving people back to your channel and so on to where you create this kind of like, you know, ecosystem between the two, um, based on the audiences that you grow in both places. And really quick, Thanks for the reminder there, Chantel. Um, so just as a heads up, um, and I'm gonna be mentioning this here on like the next few, uh, the next few live streams, but um, when it, um, I'm going to start um, doing some live streaming on TikTok um, and I'm going to be live streaming on Instagram um, as well. And with some of this stuff, like I might do some fun stuff there too as well in terms of like, you know, making actual content there and then doing like specific live streams in those places and all that. But I'm also gonna be, you know, I'm gonna have like, you know, a device set up here that's going to allow me to live stream to, you know, some of these platforms. I got it on Instagram, but on 
TikTok, I've only got 470 followers now from this stream. Right now, we got 361 people in here. You would do me a huge solid if when you get the chance, you go to my TikTok account and you follow me over there. You can just look for my name on there. Um, it's the one that has currently 470 followers on it. And I'm following 103 people and I have 110 likes, right? That's, that's what the stats look like right now. Um, but if you can follow me over there, I would super appreciate it because I need to have a thousand before I can start live streaming over there. Um, so that would, you know, be super um, helpful and super appreciated. So if you've enjoyed my content, you have a TikTok account. If my content's added value to you in any way, please go follow me over there. I'm actually a little bit discouraged. I had like 300 and something when we started. Now it's like three, 470. I'm like, man, I've only added value to like 100 people. <laughs> Come on, guys. Make me feel better, right, about that. <laughs> so um, let's see here. So next up on our list here, we've got Daniel and Yuka. Um, Daniel and Yuka says they do live stream and travel content. The goal of the channel is to share their life in Japan um, and Papua New Guinea um, as an international couple. And the question is, if we've had success from live streams and make money from Super Chat, then edited uh, more money from Super Chat than edited videos, AdSense, but new, uh, had numerous edited videos blow up. Should we focus on live streams or edited? Mix it up, do both. So if you if one of them is serving you know one purpose in terms of interacting with your community, getting super chats and all that, and you're making more money from it, then you can use that as like, hey, when we live stream, we're, you know we're going to make money from it. And then for your video content, like these are going to bring more awareness to the people that we're trying to reach. And then as these videos get more exposure than our live stream, that's going to be more people that we're going to be able to introduce to our live streams as well, which then you basically use your video content as like, you know, the top of the funnel. So that that's the thing that's gonna introduce them to you. And then you use that to also spread awareness about your live stream. So then you have more people hanging out in your live streams and more people that will super chat and help you make even more money with your live streams. Plus, being able to make um, ad revenue um, off of that as well. So um, I would definitely, make, I would actually do both um, if you have the bandwidth for it. Spiritual Wellness Tarot, thank you for the um, follow over on TikTok, super appreciated. Thank you, Rockets of Desire, super appreciated. Let's see here. Yeah, for, for those of you that don't have TikTok, like no worries at all, no worries at all. Um, rainbow, rainbow, rainbow. Thank you. Super appreciated there for the, um, for the, uh, um, for the follow over there. Yeah. And anybody else that's followed me over there, super, uh, super appreciate it. Yeah. I'll be doing that for the next few live streams so I can get it up to that 1000 so I can start streaming over there. Doug man's land. Doug Houston's like, what, what, who, who, what? Doug's Man Land is the name of this channel. They do word games. The goal of the channel is to grow a large community of word game enthusiasts. The question is, I play Wordle each day on, on my channel. I found that there's a lot of audience from non-English speaking countries. If I tag my videos with various translations of the word Wordle, for example, um, would that help my discovery to non-English speaking locations? I've seen that there are a lot of non-English speaking folks who watch my content to help learn new English words. So what you want to do is you actually want to translate um, like your captions on your videos. Um, you want to, you know, translate. You can go into your um, settings for your videos and you can translate like your titles. You can translate your descriptions and all that. You want to do that for the countries that are interacting with your content the most. So if you find that you have like a ton of people in like a certain region, um, then in that case, you'd want to translate it um, into that region to better connect with those people and to help them better find your content as well. Magic Mitch Arts. Good morning. Hope you're doing great. Uh, let's see here. Next up on our list here, we've got um, Fat Ladies Don't Diet is the name of the uh, channel. 
The type of channel is food and lifestyle. The goal of the channel is good question, fun recipes and life information. Um, the question is what are my impression, why are my impression numbers different? Some are high and some are low. It's all based on performance. If your video is being well received by the viewers of YouTube, then you're gonna get more impressions on it. If it's being received at a competitive level, then you'll get even more. If it's being received at like a you know very high level, then you're gonna get a lot more. If it's not received well, then in that case, you're not gonna get as many impressions because it's not as competitive for the platform. If it's not competitive at all in terms of people coming in, they click on it and then they like immediately leave or they leave like right after they start watching it, then in that case, you know, you're not going to continue getting a lot of impressions for long. Savvy Turtle, thanks for the super chat, man. Says, hey, wanted to hit it. Been a while since I did a super chat. Um, tap the shell. <laughs> thanks, man. I appreciate that. Hope that you're doing awesome. Um, let's see here. So next up on our list here, we've got Rusty Rails Productions. Rusty Rails Productions says that they do travel and rail fanning. The goal of the channel is to show others scenic train rides. And the question is, I've uploaded a video, but it flopped. I changed the title and now it took off. Um, that caused it was the title change or what caused it was the title change. Um, so yeah, so when you update your thumbnail and or title, um, it will cause people to respond to your video in a different way. So because of that, um, when you change your thumbnail and or your title, then if people respond more positively, then that video will perform better. I mean, this is like, it sounds like common sense as I'm saying it, but like it's not because, you know, the idea is that when people start responding better to your video because of the change that you made, then of course YouTube's going to identify that their users are clicking on it more and then they're you know satisfied with the content and that will cause the system to show it to more people. Whereas it goes in the other way too. So if the video is not doing great and you change the title or it's doing okay and you change it hoping to make it better and people start responding to it less, then in that case, um, it will cause it to not do as well or to get fewer impressions because people aren't responding to the new version of it as well. Um, Express Sensei, thanks for the super chat, man. I appreciate it. Says, um, you think it'd be a good idea or a bad idea if YouTube gave us the ability to make others unfollow us when we unsubscribe from them. Also, shout out to uh, Poppy New Guinea uh, creator. I love Caviang. I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly on the Caviang um, part, but um, but yeah, it would be cool. Um, but you know, with that said, though, like if if we unsubscribe from someone else, like they could still enjoy our content, right? Um, and same exact, you know, it goes the other way too. Like if if I was watching somebody and they were subscribed to me and then they unsubscribed to me and then because of that, YouTube didn't show me the content, their content anymore, I would be bummed out. I'd be like, oh no, you know, like, uh, yeah, that would be, um, that would be, uh, you know, unfortunate um, for sure. Um, Growing our passport, hope that you're doing great today says um i'm really late to the party hey better late than never right <laughs> hope you're doing well nigel what's up dude hope that you are doing fantastic nice to uh nice to see you in here so uh so your next question that we have here on our list is we've got uh, don't hold back entertainment they do entertainment content the question is large portion of my content at this moment are drum covers do changes in the content id and music like i'll do two changes in content id and music licensing do you think covering copyrighted songs 
is something that I should continue doing. It's what I love playing the songs that I grew up with as well as new songs on the charts. What's the game plan for a channel like mine? I feel like being, um, because there are such uncharted waters that I'm like a sailor in the Bermuda Triangle. So you can do covers um, on YouTube and you can share monetization um, with those, um, with the, you know, with the license holders that you are doing the covers for. So because of that, um, you know, you can, you can do that. Um, so with, the new creator music that they have, um, one of the options in there is that you can see that type of information in terms of like, hey, we're gonna be doing a cover of this song, what would be the split you know, on that particular song, those types of things. So, um, so because of that, if you love doing it and you love you know, just expressing you know, the music that you grew up with and that you learned how to play and all of that, um, then in that case, I'd keep, you know, I'd keep doing it. Um, right now with their content ID system, you know, it is complicated right now. People do have tons of problems with the content ID system, even if they're using like, you know, legit stuff, whatever, you know, there's just a lot of flaws in the system, unfortunately. And, um, hopefully they'll get those worked out over time. But as of right now, you know, those types of things are definitely, you know, uh, um, you know, where you might run into, you know, some issues, but, um, you know, you do have the dispute process and all of that, but, um, but I would definitely be looking into the specific splits and stuff for the, um, covers that you're doing. David Royale 14 is the um, next one here on the list. And really quick before we do this, um, hold on. So I just put another um, uh, Q&A in here. It says, did you follow me on TikTok yet? Be honest, LOL. <laughs> That's the question. So make sure you follow me on TikTok if you, uh, if you haven't yet. <laughs> Nobody's going to go in there and answer that one. <laughs> there, there, there might be some of you goes in there for that one. But um, let's see here. So next up on the um, list here. Hey, thanks, Chantel. Oh, you followed me yesterday. Nice, nice. Um, so next up here, we have... Uh, David Royale 14, David Royale 14 says that they have a gaming channel around Magic the Gathering online. Um, the goal of the channel is to show people off meta competitive brews, show people off meta competitive brews. Um, the question is, how can I prevent my audience from dropping on the intro? YouTube says that about 50% of people are still watching after the 30 second mark, which is normal, but I find that to be kind of low and I see a big peak on that period. Okay. So what you have to do if you are having a lot of people drop off in the beginning is you have to experiment with how you're starting your videos. That's the only way through that problem. So when you are noticing that people are, are heading out in your video or at any point in your video, you have to take note of the things that you're doing during that time and acknowledge like, hey, if people are leaving here, then I need to change something here. So if you find that like people aren't hooked at the beginning of your video, then I would start working on what it is that you say or show or just what they experience in general when they first start the video and just experiment a ton with how you're starting your videos. So you might have where right now you're thinking to yourself like, okay, um, you know, this is how I want to make my videos. So I'm gonna structure them exactly like this and I'm gonna start them like this and then do this and then do this and then do this. But if you run into problems with that structure, the best thing to do is say, okay, well, the way that I'm currently doing it, I'm not getting the best response. So because of that, I need to start changing things up at the beginning part because I'm having a lot of people leave there. So things to experiment with, one is just the specific things that you say at the beginning of the video. Two is being on screen for those things or showing other footage um, or other, you know, cause you're on gaming stuff. So, you know, showing like, you know, maybe some shots of the game or, you know, something like that as you're getting into it while you're doing a voice 
voiceover. Other experiments are just having a little bit of music play, like as the whole thing is getting into it, or just kind of setting a vibe of some sort as the you know as you're getting into the whole thing. Those types of things, but anything you can come up with is what it is that you want to um, is what it is that you want to do for the experiment side. Okay. So what I'm doing right now is let me see here really quick. Give me one second here while I'm doing this. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. Express Sensei says, I didn't follow you on TikTok. I can't let anyone know I follow people who wear their watch on their left hand. <laughs> Is that bad? Like, I didn't know that was a, I didn't know that was a thing. I'm right-handed. So, uh, so I didn't know, you know, uh, so funny. Uh, let's see here. So I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm just kind of looking at something here really quick. And just seeing, uh, for the people that have followed, I'm just seeing, uh, what went on here. I'm just looking at people's channels right here. Okay. So, um, surviving Jay, um, would you like me to look at your YouTube channel and just give you some like tips on, you know, some things that you could do better? Um, you know, you followed me over on TikTok. Um, at least, you know, you mentioned that you did here. So um, just kind of like a, you know, thing for that is um, I'm going to pull your channel up here and just kind of, you know, just give you some tips on it if you're cool with that. I don't want to pull it up, you know, without your permission. So um, so if you want me to just kind of look at it and give you some tips or whatever, I'm going to do it right now just because you were kind enough to uh, follow me over there on TikTok. Okay, you're cool with it. Okay, so let me go ahead and um, just kind of prep this on my end really quick. And uh, let me hit the uh, screen recording here, share screen. Let's go to here. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and pull this up on screen right now. And um, we are just going to just, you know, just take a quick look here um, and just see what it is that they're doing. Keep in mind, this is just kind of like a first impression thing. Um, so basically, I'm just looking at it, letting you know the perspective of, you know, somebody that hasn't experienced the channel before. Um, the, some of the things I'm going to be looking at here is I'm going to be looking at, you know, how clear it is, what it is that you do. Um, I'm going to be looking at some best practice things for you. We're going to look at your titles, your thumbnails real quick, and just give you just like a quick, you know, just kind of overview or just some quick tips for, you know, what it is that you're doing. Um, so first off, um, we're, we're going to talk about the content that you're putting out. So right out of the gate, if this is like a, you know, like a, like a milestone video, or like a thank you video, um, I wouldn't do that sort of thing. Um, uh, at least yet. So like, like what you want to make sure that you're focusing on right now, because you're just getting started is you want to make sure that you are focusing on just giving your viewers the value content that they expect from you, because what you need to do is you need to build up consistency in the expectation that your viewers have for what it is that you're going to put out. So when you make content like this, then there's no real reason for people to respond to this unless they're like a super fan or something. Um, there's no real reason for people to, you know, respond to like this type of video right now. Um, you know, because out of the people that you have here, um, I mean, you know, you have 255 subscribers, so you're off to a great start, but you want to just make sure that right now you're just flooding them with value. So if you're doing, you know, these games for like entertainment for them, then in that case, you want to make sure that you're just giving them that. Right. And then when you hit like 10,000 subscribers, then if you do a, like a live stream, like a, like a hangout live stream or something like that, then in that case, you know, that would be a little bit more in alignment, um, compared to like, Hey, right now you just need to build that, you know, that, that consistency with your, um, with your audience. 
Next, um, when it comes to your thumbnails, um, one thing that I would definitely make sure that you do. So I'm, I'm not sure if grounded, um, is a game. It looks like it is just based on like the logo and stuff. But one thing that I would consider if you have the ability to do this, because everybody has different skill sets and I understand that. Um, but if you can do this, um, then this might help you get more suggested views as long as people respond to the video content there as well. But like right now, one thing that I want you to think about is I'm looking at this on my screen um, already and it's already relatively small. So because of that, right now where you have like this grounded 1.0 in the background, which is going to be the thing that's gonna help people identify this as something that they care about. Um, one of the things that, um, that I would do is I would put a little bit more emphasis on this first off. Two is you can see right here, and this is, you know, I'm sure this is also part of the game, but you can see how everything's just kind of like dark, right? And there's nothing that really kind of pops off of this. So another thing that I would do is I would learn either in Photoshop or Canva or something else, I would learn how to one, cut things out um, so that you could cut this dude out and maybe make him, you know, like a little bit bigger and put more emphasis on him if he is like a main character for this game. And then that would be another thing that would help people, you know, identify that this was, you know, about this game at a glance, even in like when it's at a smaller size. So on like a mobile feed or something, this is probably okay. But I'm just trying to, you know, just kind of look at it at a bigger view in terms of like, how can you get people to respond from everywhere in an easier way, right? That's the idea. Um, but I would definitely do that. Another thing is I would also cut him out um, for the sake of one, highlighting him, maybe even crop him differently so he's more prominent. So like, for example, if like your thumbnail was this, then having him like, you know, like that big in there and then having like, you know, grounded over here, something like that. Um, but I would definitely work on these to try to make them like pop a little bit more. So Photoshop is your friend when it comes to this kind of stuff, but you can also use apps. So like when it comes to making things pop, um, there's a free app called Lightroom that you can use. There's another one called Snapseed and they have tons of features in there that can just kind of help you make the colors more vivid. It can help you like increase the brightness and the contrast to just kind of bring out more attention to make things a little bit more defined in the image itself. Um, so I would definitely work on that because the whole game there is just like, hey, I got to help people that are into grounded one i gotta i gotta make sure that they can easily identify that this has something to do with that even if it's at a small size and that it stands out when it shows up on a home page um, the next thing is you can see here that you have your logo that you're putting into your thumbnail so I wouldn't even worry about that. Um, Cause you right here, you can see it's getting covered up by the timestamps anyway. So like, I wouldn't even worry about that right now. Like right now I would just focus everything on learning how to make your thumbnails like pop a little bit more and just making, you know, the things that would help people identify that this is about the game that they're interested in, helping those things stand out more. So that would be like the first thing I'd work on when it comes to your thumbnails themselves. Um, other things that you can experiment with there is if there are other specific characters in there, you know, just highlighting those characters is like one aspect of your thumbnail. And then I would also play with, um, if you're not doing this already, um, just some like, you know, gameplay and things like that, you know, back here, um, you know, as well, just to see if people respond to, you know, that more, um, which, you know, that could be part of, you know, what some of this is. I'm not sure. Um, the next thing is right here, you have grounded one, um, as the title and with your, or sorry, as like a, the, the logo is like a main element here in your thumbnail. And another part of this, let me make this bigger. Um, cause I know some people are like watching this on a phone. So here where you have this as a, you know, I think there might've been like a different one that I was going to look at there. Whoa. When I did that, my little tool went away. Hold on. There it is go out of this. Let me zoom in here. There we go. Okay. So like for this one over here, 
I still can't use it. So I'm just gonna have to do this way. Oh yeah, I can, okay, perfect. So on this thumbnail here, the next thing I wanna bring to your attention is you can see here that you have grounded uh, PUPA locations, right? So we're gonna talk about your title right here in a second, um, all of your titles. But on your thumbnail itself, if you look at the logo and then you look at the colors that are behind this logo, you can see how it just kind of blends in, right? To what's going on there in the background. So that's a problem because then the logo, which is gonna help people identify that it's about that game, that's being obstructed by it blending into what's going on in the background. And then you have the text here that is actually covering up the imagery that would help them also identify that it's something about the game, right? So because of that, you have two different elements here that are actually kind of working against you when it comes to you know helping people identify that this is something about that game. Um, the next part of this is the actual title itself. So when you have titles like this, like this is okay in terms of like, hey, this is informational. This tells people that this is about grounded and it tells people that it's about the locations, but you don't have anything actually compelling as part of your titles, none of them. These are all informational in terms of like grounded brother guide, grounded uh, Coltana challenge, but nothing here is like compelling to where it's like, oh, this seems interesting, let me click on it. It's informational. Again, it lets you know, lets people know like, hey, this is what this video or this content contains, but it doesn't, it doesn't, it's like it doesn't make somebody feel like, hey, I I wanna I'm like what's behind this? I gotta see this. So because of that, when you're doing these um, like location guides and things like that, I would try to think of something compelling. So for example, um, if you have grounded Papa locations and you go through all of them in five minutes, then you could say like, you know, all of the grounded Papa location, all of the grounded Papa locations um, in under five minutes or in, you know, five minutes um, or, you know, secret Papa locations, um, you know, revealed in under five minutes or, you know, something like that. And that's like one way that you could make it compelling. Another way that you could make it compelling is you could have it to where it's like, you know, grounded um, uh, or, you know, uh, uh, grounded bar Papa locations um, uh, you probably haven't found yet. Um, then by doing a title like that, then you're creating like a challenge for the viewer. So it's like, huh, I wonder if there are some that I haven't seen yet, right? So the idea that I'm trying to express is that you want to add like a layer of compellingness to your titles because you're doing good on the information part, but now you got to start thinking like, okay, if somebody were to see this on a homepage, what would make them think to themselves? Like, oh, I got to see what's behind this or I got to see what's going on here. Part of that happens just in writing the titles itself, but it also can happen at the video topic level as well. So what I recommend that you do with this particular exercise is if you're not doing this already, start thinking of how you're gonna package up your videos first before you even make the video. And by doing that, it's gonna help you make sure that the topic is also in alignment with a way that's gonna be compelling for somebody when they see it on a homepage. So for example, if you know that you're going to make a video about you know showing them all the locations in five minutes, then you can make sure that when you're recording the content that you start your video by saying, Okay, so you know, you know, there's all these different locations, um, and you know, if you're new to this game or if you've been playing it for a while, there's probably some of these that you haven't even seen yet. So within you know the next five minutes, I'm going to show you where they're all at, so that you can go see these for yourself or you know whatever the thing is that you're that you're doing here. Um, so I would definitely make sure that you're just thinking of it, you know, from that perspective when it comes to you know getting people to click on your thumbnails and titles. So when you're sketching it out beforehand, before you make the video, you want to think first. 
okay, what's the title that I would write for this? Second, what would I be using for the thumbnail? What imagery do I need for the thumbnail? And how would I actually put it together to help people identify that this content is something that they're interested in? And then what about this is compelling? And the question you wanna ask yourself is if somebody, sees this on YouTube on the homepage and they did not expect to watch my content. They just logged on to entertain themselves while they were using the bathroom or while they had some downtime or while they were having dinner or whatever the thing is. If somebody were to log onto YouTube or they were to see this in their home feed, what about it would grab their attention? What about it would help them identify that it's something that they care about? And what about it is compelling enough that would cause them to click on it to actually want to come in and see the video, right? And that starts at the topic of the video, but your topic, your title and thumbnail, they all work together as a team to win the click, which is why it's so important to make sure that you're thinking about your titles and your thumbnails before you even consider making the video in the first place. And that applies to everybody here, by the way, um, in terms of, you know, title, thumbnail, um, and, and your video idea, and then, you know, thinking of what you're going to do for your title and thumbnail so that you can validate your concept for the actual video in terms of it being compelling and interesting to others and you being able to explain it in a very short way, um, you know, to, to, to help people, you know, know what's going on with it. Um, let's see here. So next up, um, if we just keep going down the channel here. So one more thing, and this isn't gonna be like a game changer for you in any way, shape or form. It's not gonna move the needle for you. And I just wanna make that clear. Um, but one thing that I would also do, um, just, you know, if you if you are clear yourself on exactly what it is that you're offering on your channel here, um, I would add that to your channel art as well. So right now you're just kind of like doubling up on your name, um, which you're actually tripling up because as you can see, they have like the handle here, they have the actual channel name, and then now you're putting it up here too. So instead of doing that, one thing that can add clarity to your content for the people that go to your channel page is that if you just put like what you offer. So like, for example, if you're doing like walkthroughs, then here you would just say like, you know, new walkthrough, new grounded walkthroughs every Tuesday or, you know, new grounded, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, just new ground, uh, grounded uh, walkthrough videos, you know, something like that or whatever it is that you're offering. You just break it down into a very short value proposition and then you just smack that right in your channel art to add that layer of clarity. So when people hit your channel page, they know exactly what it is that you're offer, which the people that are into what it is that you're offer that you offer, they'll either subscribe or they'll explore more of what it is that you have. So next up um, here you have like videos um, as the name of this particular playlist, which is fine. Um, but here you have your playlist title is grounded. So right now playlists are even more important when it comes to YouTube. And I'm gonna take this down really quick so I, just so I can show you an example and then I'll put it right back up. So I'm gonna show you exactly why you wanna do what it is that I'm getting ready to tell you to do. Um, let's see here, just give me one second so I can pull this up. And if you're enjoying this while I'm actually looking this up, um, make sure that you, you know, hit that like button. Uh, let's see here. I think it's this one. Yeah. Okay. So the next thing I want to bring to your attention, and this is why, I, this is why I'm talking about this on the, um, this is why I'm talking about this on the, uh, um, on the playlist titles. So one thing that YouTube is doing right now, and you can see this right here, um, depending on, you know, how big this is on your screen, it'll be, you know, more clear, um, than others. Oop. Whoa, let me just take it back to zero, there we go. But the thing I wanna bring to your attention is this right here. So you see, this is Daniel Batal's YouTube channel. And you can see right here, right underneath his video, they're putting a direct link to the playlist that this video is in, okay? Now this link will show up if somebody comes into this playlist or if somebody just hits the video by itself. They don't even have to be watching this playlist for this tag to show up here. But this is a clickable link that will drive people into the playlist. 
So what you wanna make sure that you're thinking about is when it comes to your playlist titles, you wanna make sure that you're thinking just like you do your video titles, how can I make this informative and compelling? So if it shows up underneath one of my videos, especially if it's a series playlist, if this shows up underneath one of my videos, that it's something that is way more informational about exactly what's being offered in this particular playlist, right? So you wanna make sure when it comes to your playlist titles that you're thinking about that. Past live streams, Elden Ring. Oh, so you're doing like other games on here too. Okay, that's cool. Okay, so you're doing shorts on here. Um, another thing as well is right now, because you're still trying to get momentum on what it is that you're doing. So the best thing you can do, right? It's, it's, it's like the airplane concept, right? So like, you know, the whole thing is like, you know, if you're in an airplane, you gotta put your oxygen mask on first before you help others put on theirs. So when it comes to your YouTube channel, when you're trying to hook up your friends by everybody posting your channels on your channel page, what you, what's more important is that you use all of this to drive people more into your content and to make it easier for your viewers to find more of what it is that they want from you instead of using this as like a shout out area. And the reason for that is because you need people interacting with your content so that YouTube can show it to them more and all that so you can grow your channel. And if you focus on growing your channel and doing all the right things there and following all the best practices to do it, then you know, you'll do great. And then by doing great, then you'll be able to share more love with, you know, with the people that, you know, that you're currently featuring uh, down here. Um, let's see here. Next up on the list here, I'm not going to click into the videos themselves because um, I like to do that too. But, you know, right now I'm not going to just because you were on YouTube and I don't know what music's being played in here. I don't know what the imagery looks like, all that. So, I, I, you know, it's a channel safety thing for me. Um, but the next thing um, that we're going to look at here is we have a big nerd gaming sees. Okay. All of this. Okay. So one thing you want to think about when it comes to your about me page description is first to make sure that you do drop your channel name in there. Like, you know, um, surviving J and then put your value proposition after that. So what it is is you say surviving J and then you say exactly what it is that you are providing on your YouTube channel in terms of the value, just like you put in your channel art. The reason that you want to do this is because one, um, your about me page is where, you know, people will come to find out more about you. But two, let's say that I'm like, hey, this channel's great. And then I copy this up here and then I go to share it over on YouTube. Well, when that, or I'm sorry, on like Twitter or Facebook or something, they're gonna show a part of this blurb right here. So you wanna make sure that you're thinking like, okay, if somebody were to share this out, then in that particular case, I need to make sure that wherever it is that they're sharing it, that the people that might be interested in my content will have some good context here um, in this first sentence about exactly what it is that I offer um, on the channel, right? So you wanna make sure you're doing that um, as well. Um, it looks like actually it might be there. It's probably just my browser. That's not, um, that's not showing it. Okay. So now let's go to your video page. See what it is that you're doing over here. Okay. So we've already talked about, uh, this. So let me just kind of look and see what it is that you got going on here. Um, let's see here. Yeah, you're doing a similar thing with all of your, all of your, um, titles. But one thing that I do want to bring to your attention here is with this one, actually both of these, where you've added the how-to thing to it, that seems to, at least in these, to have gotten a better response. Same exact thing here on this 700 one. Um, this one didn't get as much of a response, but you know, a newer video. Um, but that might be, you know, kind of like a, a theme that is uh, is telling you something there. It looks like it's working in some cases, not in other cases, but um, just something that I noticed there really quick to bring to your attention. But when you're experimenting with adding specific things like this to, um, you know, to your titles, this is another one where using the grouping feature inside of your YouTube analytics can kind of help you uncover the things that are, you know, the most effective when you're doing that um, as well. Okay, so you're doing locations, locations, got a lab there, we got location, locations. 
yeah, you can see what I mean here when it comes to like the logo being obscured and for the text that you're using, like right now, because of the specific color that you chose to use for your text, um, you can see how that's also just kind of blending in with the background. And what's happening here is it's actually just making it messy instead of making it clear, right? In both of these cases here. So what you wanna do, and you'll get a higher click-through rate if you do this, is just spend a little bit of time. Like when you're putting, up, first off, I wouldn't even like put this stuff on here anyway. Um, I wouldn't put the text here. I would just lean on like the logo and then like the imagery and then a character that will help them identify that it's part of the game. I would focus on that and I wouldn't even worry about putting text in your thumbnails. Um, I would just use the titles for the heavy lifting there once you, you know, start getting familiar with writing, you know, more effective, um, you know, effective, uh, you know, titles and whatnot. Uh, man, I really want to click into the videos and see what you're doing there, but I'm, I'm not going to just because of the, the channel. Okay, so another thing to consider um, is the actual content that you're putting out. I'm not sure what you put in here um, in terms of the actual content that you have, but from the outside, this looks like this has nothing to do with gaming. It looks like it doesn't have anything to do with like this game. It looks like it doesn't have anything to do with your grounded game. This looks like a completely outlier type of content. So especially when you're starting to grow your channel and you're trying to get that initial momentum, you want to make sure you're thinking like, okay, I want to make sure that every video that I'm putting out is a perfect fit for, you know, these people that I'm trying to reach. Um, another thing is again, same here with your thumbnails. Like I would just like what I would do from this moment forward is I would start thinking to yourself like, okay, this is another one in terms of, you know, that the specific content type but your, these thumbnails are way too text heavy. I would stop doing this immediately and I would actually go through and I would update all of these thumbnails where you have all this text in here because what you're doing is you're trying to explain the whole thing of the video here instead of just using it to grab attention. Um, I would, I would go through and I would remove this text on all these and I would reconfigure a lot of these thumbnails um, just based around like the characters of the game and the um, game imagery as well. But like in your case, like um, the, the, the main thing that I'm gonna, you know, just give you to take away here is like your thumbnails and your titles need tons of work. So some of your videos are, you know, they're, they're hitting and they're hitting, you know, like you, this one, you got like 2.8 thousand views. You got another one with like 2.3 thousand, but to, to have that happen consistently, you need to start dialing in, um, what it is that you're doing with your thumbnails and titles. Um, in addition to that, I see some of your, um, you know, like, like most of your videos, actually, it looks like they're like, you know, five to 10 minutes long, three to 10 minutes long. Um, and one thing that I would definitely be doing right now as well is I would also be hopping into your grouping feature inside of your YouTube analytics and just collecting these over time. And just so you don't have to do it all in one sitting. Um, but I would go in and I would start, um, putting into groups like, okay, these are the videos that are like three to five minutes. These are the videos that are like five to 10. These are the videos that are like 10 to 15 and then start trying to get an understanding of the content length that the people that are interacting with your content, um, respond to, uh, better as well. Hopefully you found that helpful. I would love to watch the videos because then I can like really give you some like really good, you know, tips and stuff. But, um, but you know, hopefully that will, you know, be helpful to you in, uh, in some way. So uh, let's see here. So next up, um, I had a few super chats come in here that I'm going to um, answer really quick. Um, we have AI art super universal chats. relaxation says my TikTok is doing better than YouTube. Um, so the, what's happening over there, um, just so you know, is one, their, um, their actual, hey, Quizzy on demand, man, I still have you on my list. I'll be following up with you um, in, the, in the future, by the way. Um, but the um, AI art universal says TikTok is doing better. So when you use TikTok or when you use um, YouTube Shorts or even Instagram Reels, 
it's easier to do better there because you're removing one of the things that you have to be really good at on YouTube, which is the whole packaging thing that we just went over with that YouTube channel. So on all of the vertical platforms, your video just slides up in front of people. So that's all based on the algorithms of the platforms. And then if you just make a decent video, then people are going to, you know, enjoy that. And then the platforms will show it to more people. So when it comes to, um, uh, you know, you doing better on TikTok, people typically do better in like short form content and vertical content where they don't have to get people to click. They typically do better there, um, especially initially, just because they haven't, you know, really gotten the skill set together yet for, you know, getting people to click on what it is that they're doing. And in that particular case, like you can be still be really good at making thumbnails and stuff, but if you're excellent at making video content, then you can, you know, thrive on those platforms because, you know, you just have to be good at, at you know, hooking the viewer and you're good to go. So um, let's see here. So next up, we have um, Express Sensei Super says, um, only the creator can see your submitted question. If they pin your question, everyone will be able to see it. Um, you can remove it. Oh, okay, nice. Thank you. Um, and says, your question only while it's pinned or from myactivity.google. After the QA ends, the creator won't be able to see unanswered questions. Thank you for that as well. Um, Science Based Super Fitness says, glad to see you on TikTok. I'm chilling today. Um, we got a little snow in Buffalo today, so I'm on the YouTube grind. Is your bro on TikTok? Yeah, my brother's got like 30, I think like 30 or 40,000 followers over there. Why you guys are over there, follow Dean Nimmin too. Um, but I think he's got like 30 or 40,000 um, followers over there on uh, TikTok right now. All right. So let's go and um, answer a few more questions here. So next up, we've got Soberry Adventures says that they do variety content. The goal of the channel says, I want to see how content I put out can interest my viewers if I can entertain my audience. And the question is, how do you feel about YouTube viewer count going down? Some creators do get discouraged about the view count dropping on my videos. YouTube only removes unverified views from your videos. If they detect bots interacting with your content, they'll remove the views. If they detect you watching your video multiple times, in that particular case, they'll detect that. Keep in mind, they can detect like the devices you're watching and all that stuff. So you can't really game it, you know, for those types of things. <coughs> Excuse me. But your view count does not go down. Um, the view counts that are not valid YouTube or authentic YouTube activity, those are the ones that get taken away. But legitimate views don't get removed. All right. So on that note, I want to thank everybody for hanging out today. I do want to let you know if you are a new content creator, you know, we've talked about tons of stuff here today. And um, if it seems like a big mountain that you got to climb, all you got to do is focus on building your skill sets to do the thing. And you got to focus on the adding the value and understanding the people that you're trying to reach. If you focus on those two things, here it comes. If you focus on those two things, then you'll do great. But when... It comes to, you know, all the different things that we talk about. Just remember that, you know, when you are, you know, just getting started in anything, there's always a learning curve. There's always a process that you have to go through. My brother and I were talking about this the other day. The reference that he likes to give is, you know, like if you just start playing basketball, you're not going to just be drafted to the, you know, um, uh, to the NBA, right? You have to learn how to do all the things. So, you know, because of that, just remember that YouTube is a similar process. If you're just getting started, 
and you don't have experience doing this kind of stuff before, you just have to go through that learning curve. So instead of getting frustrated by it and all that, just embrace it and try to learn as much as you can and spend time developing your skills because those skills in terms of, you know, learning how to make thumbnails and titles and make good video content and all that, those are the things that are going to do more for you than anything else that you can do on YouTube. Because, you know, there's a strategy side to things without question. And once you get the skill sets taken care of and you can do those things right, that's where the whole strategy thing comes in. But first, you got to make sure that you can do all the stuff, right? So because of that, I encourage you to think about, okay, what is it that I could improve on this week on my YouTube channel? And is there anything that I can do, any videos that I can watch? Like I mentioned before, going to the Charisma on Command YouTube channel to learn better, um, you know, like how to communicate, um, you know, just in general. Um, so the Charisma on Command channel is great for that. If you're somebody that needs help, like learning how to make thumbnails, things like that, Tons of videos on YouTube about making thumbnails, tons of videos on YouTube about graphic design. If you're somebody that needs to learn how to um, do like, you know, write titles, look into like copywriting videos on YouTube, um, you know, those sorts of things so that you can, you know, work on your skill set. But what I want you to do is just right now, write down, okay, over this next week, before we come and hang out next weekend, over this next week, like, what can I work on next? Like, what skill do I need to develop that I can just focus my efforts on this week so that by the time I show up here next week, I'm like, you know, one step further than I am right now. Because the way that you're gonna get what it is that you want out of your YouTube channel, regardless of what it is that you're doing it for, the way that you're gonna get it is by, you know, one step in front of the other, right? So you have to go through that process of learning how to do all the stuff. So just write down something right now that you can work on and that you can improve on so that by the time you come in next week, you're, you know, you're further than you are this week. And on that note, everybody stay safe out there. Have an awesome rest of your weekend. Make sure if you haven't followed me on TikTok yet that you go over and do that. Super appreciate it. And um, uh, I've got links down in the description to all kinds of, you know, helpful tools and resources for you. And uh, make sure that you check those out when you get the chance as well. Have a great weekend and I will see you next time.